53rd episode of Slime Time SideQuest, an official Dragon's Den podcast. This is your host, Platym3. And this is Yangus the Legendary Bandit. Intro. 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 Ooh, intro. Intro. Intro? Intro, 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 intro. Oh, what? <laughs> Uh, Yangus, did we forget something? Did we, like, forget to write an actual intro? You know, it appears that we did. Okay, though, but why did our guests all laugh at us basically saying nothing? I don't know. They're a weird bunch, man. I don't know why we keep bringing them back. But, hey, they can at least follow along with the script. Speaking of a weird bunch, we have Evan, a.k.a. Eel, a.k.a. E-A-L. We have Blue Star, a.k.a. Blue. <laughs> uh, we have Barurian, aka Barurian. We have Twinkie, aka not the hostess brand snack. And Off Jay, brand? aka Ooh. the former Hawkheart Ace, here tonight to talk about their favorite games they played in 2023. Hooray! That's right. You'll notice most of these are actually uh, not 2023 release games, but that's the point here. Uh, these games are the games that we enjoyed this year, not necessarily the ones that were released this year. Or and a with a gag, <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. We wait for the sale three years later, um, or for the system to die, and then we just emulate it. Release. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is what it is, man. With a gaggle of guests to gushing tonight, we're going to get right into the show. And uh, should I just pick randomly here? Just go. Just phrase? pick randomly. Yeah. All right. We're going to start with Twinkie yeah. because you actually have one game that is a release this year. Yes. That's not allowed. Oh, no. Boo this man. Boo this man. Boo this man. They say boo a boo and smithers. He said Boorurian. Yes. Great start, guys. Great start. We're, we're, yep. If you're still with us, maybe you'd like to hear about a game that just released a couple months ago. Twinkie. What, Mario RPG? Yeah. I didn't say I was going to cover that. <laughs> it's it's decades ago. It's in the script. It's in the script? Oh, man. <laughs> Way to put him on the spot, Platty. Oh, my God. Did I completely read that one wrong? Well, I thought he was going to talk about it. No, I said I considered it, but... Eh. Oh. oh. Okay, well, huh. then, yeah. Well, what that would you like to talk about? about. I'll, talk, I'll talk about it when it's the time for part two. Well, I was going to talk about Deep Rock Galactic, but someone else is going to talk about it. No, no, it, no. So. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. Let's just go. Yeah, Brian. It's a two-for-one deal. <laughs> there we go. You didn't even know you were getting it, audience. Brian can start it off. I'll, I'll, I'll take him on. Okay. I think, I, I think between me and Twinkie combined, we've put about a thousand hours of play into this game. Yeah. Would you would you say that's about right, Twinkie? Yeah, give or take. Yeah, yeah, we have played a lot of this game. I think this year is its fifth anniversary of the title because they they I think it I think they just did their fifth year anniversary. They, they just finished up the, doing their um their Christmas event. It's um how would you best describe this game? It is a ro it's a rogue light. So you you've got a you got you got kind of a hub base. You have four classes that you can choose from, and you know all the levels are procedurally generated. That's like the kind of TLDR of the whole game. Um, it's dwarves in space mining minerals. It's way cooler than it sounds. I don't know, man. That sounds pretty cool. It's pretty rocking, and I'm what that's what I'm saying is it's cooler <laughs> than it sounds. <laughs> 
You, did you do that that pun on purpose? I actually did not do that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I actually got introduced to this game. Uh, a couple friends were just like, hey, we're playing this game, you should play too. And I looked at it and I, just, I, I literally went, uh, I don't know about this, guys. And they gifted me a copy of it. And about 400 hours later, I guess I can say I kind of like this game. So more or less, you, it's, it's kind of like you're working for management um, on uh, on this on this kind of planet asteroid thing and you just kind of select missions from a mission board and you do the missions there's uh five or six mission types how many mission types are there twinkie uh i'm trying to think here so there's like there's simple mining missions there's like recovery missions doing um like a previous dwarf team that went in didn't come out so you're going in to retrieve their gear basically mm-hmm. There is industrial sabotage, which is a rival mining company has is trying to set up shops. So you go in there and you basically destroy their equipment. Um, and there's a boss fight at the end of it called the caretaker that you have to take down. Uh, there is um, like refining liquid morkite, which is kind of the um, oil of that game. Morkite would be like oil, I guess, but it's it's it's. You get in there, you build pipelines to points, you defend the points. Um, and then there's my least favorite, the drill dozer level, which is an escort mission. That's your least favorite, really? That is that is my least favorite. I love that one. Ugh, I, I dislike it because you move at the speed of the mission. The mission doesn't move at the speed of you. Yeah, that's true. But um, all in all, it's you get in there, you collect resources. With those resources, you can use that to buy cosmetics for your dwarf. This game has a lot of cosmetics that you can buy, but the cool thing about it is there's no microtransactions to this game. You pay a flat fee for the for the game. There's a bunch of DLC that kind of supports the release of it since since it's a flat buy and they've been supporting the game for five years. So there's there's like eight or ten DLCs at eight bucks a pop. Yeah, they give new like weapon meshes and outfits for the dwarves for you know the theme of the DLC. And they're completely optional. You don't got to buy them. I, I buy them because I like to support the developer. They've done a really good job on um, everything that they've done so far. And uh, what else would you say there's fun to do in this game? I mean, I know the game's like focus on co-op too, but I think it should be said that solo play is really fun and addictive as well. You don't oh, yeah. have to play co-op as well. Twinkie's the solo guy. He's always on with his friends doing... Um, uh, like high level missions because yeah every mission you've got a difficulty setting of basically one to five and you have to even unlock the the fifth difficulty mission because they want you to uh <laughs> not be bad you, at it they want you to not be bad at it so yeah, you have to kind of work yeah. your way to unlocking it um i do mostly solo play i do like one of the classes there's four classes in the game probably should have let out with that there's like a they're all utility classes. They can all be played solo. They they work great with the other classes. All of the weapon types work well in tandem with other weapons of other classes. I like playing the driller. Because when you go into these missions, they're procedurally generated levels, and they are fully destructible environments. So if you want to get from point A to point B, you can literally just destroy the wall until you get there. It's really nice. It reminds me a lot of Red Faction, if anybody ever played any of those games. I'm going to take that as a no. Oh, I nope. have, but... <laughs> but uh, every every season, like literal, like, yearly actual season, Easter, spring, or, you know, spring and Easter, same thing. Like, um, <laughs> summer, 
uh, fall, Halloween, Christmas. Yeah, they always do these neat little kind of um, special missions to where, hey, just complete these missions and you can earn some neat gear that you can only get at this time. Though in later years, they've they've done it like this year's Christmas thing was if you finish the Christmas event or was I'm sorry, it was the Halloween event for this year. You got all of the stuff from the previous Halloween events. Yeah, they've been doing that all year. With yeah, because yeah, because I think they're they're finally winding down on the game because they're starting to look at making another game. Yep. Rogue so, Core. Yeah. So they're going to so they've been giving away all of the cosmetics that people have missed in previous years. Like I didn't even jump into the game until the third year myself but yeah, I, can... I think i started playing back in december of last year or so it's probably been a year for me so let that sink in he's been twinkie's been playing for a year and he's got over 400 hours in the game yep that's it, it? that's it that's it that's <laughs> it that's it well truth be told half that time is me like on the floor dead because people keep tro- <laughs> my friend keeps trolling me and you know uh, yeah, it's great fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very viable to play because if you play solo, you can do. There's two ways to play solo, and that's you can play solo and keep it open to where a friend sees you playing, and they can just drop into the mission that you're doing. Or you can go true solo, and you've got a little robotic uh, AI buddy called Bosco that follows you around and helps you out. That's how I play most of the time. Um, but it's a lot of fun co-op. Um, the community's actually one of the more positive communities for a co-op game that I've seen online. Yeah, I have like no negative experiences playing public matches I, at all. I, in in the last like like 3 years, I think I can count on one hand the number of bad experiences I've had. It's it's just that good of a community. Everybody's very helpful and stuff like that. Um other than that, game good. Go play game. It can be played on a toaster just about. So anybody can play it. So it's like Doom? Yeah. Hey, you Did can play you it. They're trying to get Dune on a organism now, or a biome, or something. Oh wow! Dude, Someone's trying to get playing on like a germ. I think it was. <laughs> oh, so we evolved from a pregnancy test to organisms now. <laughs> well, the, the pregnancy <laughs> test wasn't real because someone was just fu- someone was just funneling the display to the pregnancy test. It wasn't uh, actually running on that pregnancy oh, test. Okay. I fact checked that one because I'm like that Same seems device. a little far fetched, but so it's like playing a cloud game. Yeah. yeah. But uh, other than that, DR- DRG good. Go play DRG. If you don't want to play DRG, uh, the same developers are working on a same universe game that plays a lot like Vampire Survivor. So if you've played Vampire Survivor and you like space mining dwarves, you may enjoy this. Yep. Comes out early next year, I believe. Yeah. But that's another game entirely. All right. Maybe we'll hear about this. Who knows? Maybe. You know? Just maybe. Just maybe. All right. Let's uh, we'll try to do what I tried to do and talk about one game, at least that came out this year. So uh, let's jump back up to uh, in our in our list. Number one here. Evan, you played a game that released this year, didn't you? Maybe he's debating if he did or didn't actually play the game this year. Or not. <laughs> he's taking he a long time to one think about it. Book or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to look for the answer in there. All right. Well, well, he's still looking for that. My goodness, we are really starting off with a bang tonight. <laughs> Blue Star, I know you're here and you're ready. I don't care what year it released. Why don't you pick one of your games and talk? Okay, cool. So the game I'm going to talk about is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. And it, it wasn't a release this year, but I think it might have been last year. It was, yeah, it was, it's, it was, within, it's recent. So. Yeah. It's yeah. within the last two years. 
Um, I held off a little bit on buying it, mostly because I had a lot of stuff to play at the time and just, you know, backlog stuff. Don't need to be spending money on new games, but I found myself with a lot of time to be playing new games this year. Um, so finally got into it and it was an absolute blast. I, I will say as a disclaimer, if you do decide to play this game, probably don't play the PS4 version just because it crashes a lot, which wasn't the best, but it, it, it became kind of a meme by the end when my brother and I were playing it and we did make it through everything, got the platinum trophy, all that good stuff. Um, but basically it is a spinoff of the Borderlands series where you are basically inside the world of a tabletop RPG that the characters are playing in-game. Hmm. So the very first scene, there's there's two people sitting around the table and you, the player. So the first scene, you see the characters going up to fight, you guessed it, the Dragon Lord. Yes, Ooh. the boss is actually the Dragon Lord. And so... <laughs> so it's your t- it, it's the two party members that are with you and you're like playing this for the first time and the dra- dragon lord is like huh who's this new guy his mini is not even painted and it's just like a gray basically unpainted minifigure like you would have at an actual tabletop and he just goes hi and then after that opening scene uh where the dragon lord basically beats you back to the first the very first town um you get into character creation it works quite differently than it does for a lot of Borderlands games because you usually have four to six like characters that you can choose from and then each one of those has a couple of different play styles, but you can completely customize your character in this game and you can choose from one of, I want to say seven classes. Uh, and so all of those are different, and as you level up, you can actually add a second class. And that second class could be any of the other six, so the options for how you play your character are endless. Um, and it's it's a lot cooler than your average shooter, because I'm not a shooter fan, but I play Borderlands because it's kind of a fun RPG and it's like sci-fi fantasy-ish enough that I can get I can get past the fact that I'm holding a gun and I'm really bad at aiming. Uh, but in this, since it's like very fantasy, you have magic, you have swords, you have guns, but also crossbows. So it's mostly like crossbows and then magic guns. There were more guns than I was expecting, but I mean, it worked. <laughs> Somehow, some way it worked. Uh, and so you had way more opportunities to deal damage than you could in the normal games. So like your melee weapons were actually good. Um, casting spells was my favorite thing. I was a, I am totally blanking on what class I was. I think it was a spell slinger, something like that. But, um, my special thing was that I could equip two spells at once. And so I could just kind of dual wield spells and just fling them all over this place. It was great. Um, eventually I multiclassed into, I should have looked this up, uh, but basically I multiclassed into sort of the necromancer type thing and I had a lich that was following me around. My brother didn't like the lich because all the time he's like, ah, there's a thing following us and he'd try to shoot it. But, you know, it's, it's not, there's no friendly fire. So shooting the lich didn't do anything, but still he was there. 
He's your and little yeah. buddy. <laughs> He's my little buddy. Uh, and he actually saved me from dying a lot. That was why I, that was why I picked him because he could basically step in and take a finishing blow for me. Which, like, sorry, little lich dude. <laughs> but there we go. Uh, and so you know, you could kill skeletons. There were mushroom people, all sorts of things. There were you know shark enemies that looked very similar to the pause monster from I think Dragon Quest Seven, which is cross between shark and a dog mm-hmm. so it's like a four-legged great white shark um so we fought a lot of those you know dead pirates there was a there was a gay pirate lover story in there that was very good surprisingly um there was also a magic beanstalk that we climbed and we met ron Rivote, who was very it, it was a parody on don quixote so oh. you know <laughs> okay. we we fought a windmill we found the the blonde princess for him that was actually a broom, and eventually he ran away with the broom princess and jumped off the top of the beanstalk, and we found his body at the bottom. So that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> there was a trophy for it, or an achievement, or something. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's just a lot of really crazy tabletop RPG sort of humor and going on an adventure. So it was it was a lot of fun and really enjoyable to play. Um, and the story was actually pretty interesting because the Dragon Lord is this villain that the game master it, it was originally her player character, I think. Um, but somehow he sort of became sentient and started doing things outside of what she was like telling him to do. He would like talk to the player and be like, she can't hear us right now. Are you really sure you want to be doing what this chick is telling you to and things like that. So it was kind of, it was an interesting story of how, you know, your creations can sort of grow into being something more than you intended it at the first point. Which feels really deep for what I just described, but somehow it works. <laughs> I'm sure that was the first thing you were thinking about with that broom story. Yeah, like, definitely. This is so deep. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I, I deep I, rock I galactic. <laughs> that deep rock galactic, and then another deep game here. Yeah, broom. definitely. I guess one of Everybody's the other gonna things... sound so shallow from now on. <laughs> yep. One of the other things that was really cool is that there was an overworld in this game and you would go to all the different maps from it, but it was actually like a table. So you'd be running around and you'd see like, oh, there's this gate that's made out of a pop can or something. Um, and so you could like tip over bottle caps to make paths to like shortcut back to other areas. There was one point where we got to somewhere and the the other two people at the table are like, hey, Tina, uh, we can't go this way. There's a cheese puff in the way. And she's like, what? <laughs> no, there's not. That's not a cheese puff. That's a, uh, that's a, that's a, uh, it's a magical gate. You need to go to this side dungeon and get a key for it. And so you go and do a random battle and come back and it's like, ah, you, you successfully get past the magical cheesy gate and then she picks up the cheese puff and eats it so it was it's it, it was definitely cute definitely funny um and there's definitely a lot of customization there so it was a lot of fun excellent so better than uh what is it Bob's wonderland <laughs> i don't know anything about that game so now i'm sure that's wonder world the correct about. answer is yuji naka's poor attempt at financial success I'm sure Eel's going to tell us all about Balan Wonder World tonight. 
Oh, it I seems wish. like a game right up his alley. Oh, one day, one day I should come in with the, one of the best games of the year, and then I picked all these bad games. I should have <laughs> one year. Like Hogwarts Legacy. Oh my god. <laughs> mid, uh, mid in twenty twenty three, you should call it. <laughs> All right. Well, I do hear that Evan is back, so we can uh, now call on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah you disappeared. I, yeah. Well, it was weird because, like, all of a sudden there was like no noise. It was still recording, but no one was talking. I was kind of waiting if it was like, like there was like an awkward pause and someone's gonna say something and they didn't. So I had to close out and go back. I don't know. I don't know. Um, hmm. Okay. Speaking wow. of <laughs> speaking yeah, of technology gone awry, speaking of technology gone awry, I played Stray. Um, <laughs> that's the game that came out last year where you play as the cat. Um, Basically, yes, the kitty game. Basically, you're like this little cat, and they're they're hanging out with their herd or their murder or whatever you call their- it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, a herd of cats. <laughs> yeah, they're a collection of cats. These little kitties. And you're journey you're journeying around and it's like it's kind of like the remnants of society, the whole world, you know, there there doesn't seem to be any people around. And then you get and you actually fall the pipe or whatever up all the way down into like this sewer. And a group of cats called a clowder for the audience. There you go, that. yep, sorry, totally. <laughs> totally in the chat. Screwed you up on that one. Go ahead. <laughs> So you, you get lost from your clouder of cats in the sewer, and uh, you you end up being chased by all these little goopy spherical monsters called Zerks, and you end up in this sort of like underground kind of city, um, densely packed, all these buildings really close together, and it's full of these like humanoid robots. They're like robots. They got these little TV heads. And they all and they all like express emotions. They all work, 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 work. they'll make like buzz, buzzy noises that they can all understand. And you're um, you travel with your own little robot companion that's strapped to your back, like a little helper, and he helps you communicate with all the robots and he carries your stuff around. Basically, it's a it's a it's a vibe game. You there's not really a lot of gameplay. Most of it is you're hopping around, climbing things, uh, is, running. Stuff isn't like that, that gameplay? Yeah, I mean, there is <laughs> there is very 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 simple stealth and also very 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 simple combat, but it's only in certain sections. You know, when I remember when this game had come out and people were like, "Oh yeah, you have to fight robots and stuff." I'm like, "Wait, are you talking about that the one with the cat?" You don't you even fight, fight the robots. You fight the it's little. Like, what? It's you like fight the robots in the cat game. <laughs> Pretty much the whole game is you're trying to get back up to your buddies and this society. They're kind of like stuck underground, sort of. They're com- they're completely surrounded by all these zerks, and they spread. It, lo- it looks kind of like like plasma covers all these areas. They can't go anywhere. Um, there's no humans at all to speak of, and you're kind of the question on your mind the whole game is where are the humans? What happens to them? What are all these robots doing here? And you just go around, you know, helping the robots do things. They help you get a little bit farther on your your journey. Um, what I really liked about it is that it's very minimalist. Um, simple gameplay, anyone can pick it up. Really, puzzles aren't super complex. Um, you just have to kind of the the hardest part really is figuring out ha- how to get to places. But that's sort of where the fun is, where you get the fun, uh, where that where the fun is at. Um, you're 
the the main feature of the game is this like naughty dog level detailed world um you know every house you go into it's not just assets dropped haphazardly it's not like an rpg house where you can smash (laughs) where you smash some crates or a pot or whatever it's everything is exactly where it's supposed to be every no building looks exactly the same and you're supposed to just wander around get a feel for the place and eventually you'll be able to go where you need to go and that's kind of the when you're listening to this music your character doesn't talk there is conversation but very little very rarely does your robot ever just pipe in and say hey what's up with that or anything like that you're supposed to wander around try to find what you're supposed what you're supposed to find and then move the game forward there are some sections where you have to avoid these little goo monsters called zerks i mentioned those are a pain in the ass um, but they're, it's very simple to do. Just run, pretty much run in a circle like a cat, basically. And then there's like stealth sections in the second half of the game where you have to avoid like these uh, these police officer robots, basically, um, or else they'll shoot at you and then your cat will die. And you don't want that to happen. So this sounds like uh, it's a very non-verbal game, as in there's little to no actual talking. Well, there is, just to help the story progress. The the robots don't actually say words. It's all like, wah, 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 like those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly what, Like, you don't get, like... like it kind of reminds me of another game I played to where there's no actual text in the game. You get kind of that and a kind of, like, vague, here's what you should be doing from well, that. You, you yeah, do get text. It kind of sounds like how they did the story stuff for... Um, sorry to interrupt real quick, but it reminds me of how they did the stuff for Little Nightmares, where there's no, like, real dialogue that happens, but you get enough context clues and stuff to figure out, you know, what's kind of going on or make your own little theories about how this world works. Well, yeah, so, like, it's it's a not an organic world you're in, so they've never seen a cat. They don't know what a cat is. So when these robots see you, you're very interesting to them. They're not just going to ignore you. So whenever you see... Um, when kind of how the story moves along is a robot takes an interest in them and you know you have the you have this other helper robot that's traveling with you that can communicate with them and they're basically saying hey we're trying to get you know above because this whole city is covered in a dome there's no sunlight and you'll occasionally encounter robots who are part of like this faction that want to see the sunlight like oh there's a there's a rumor that you know there's this bright light that comes from the sky stuff like that and they you have similar goals so they kind of enlist you in helping them get above, essentially. I gotcha. And um, like I said, it's very minimalist. No maps. Not, no way. No none of that to guide you through. Um, there are the button prompts do appear. You know, oh, you can jump on this. Here's the little X button or cross button, I should say, the little cross button. Um, but other than that, there's there's a menu to scroll through. There's not a lot of side quests i should say you know there's some collectibles that'll help you flesh out the story a bit like oh this is what it was like before and you get an you're you're slowly piecing together what happened to humans in the world and uh, all that st- if you're if you get sucked in to this story and this uh, aesthetic and this vibe it like really gets you. Like that was kind of what I was kind of surprised about. Like I don't think I really understood how much I was starting to really get invested in this world until I was at the very end. And it's not like an amazing ending, but it was like the ending really stuck with me. I was like, oh wow, that's really great. And then I started thinking about my time in the game and I was like, 
thinking about what the you know some of the things you encounter along the way and it, it was really had me thinking a lot you, like i don't even, didn't even like force that it, it wasn't trying to like push that on you it's just something that you yourself through playing the game started thinking about like the nature of the world you're in the robots the humans stuff like that and that this is as you're playing as a little tiny cat hopping on like windows and stuff like that you're just a little creature roaming around the world um i do want to say real quick about the trophies because i've been bitching about that like all year because that was like the <laughs> one thing that really bothered me about the whole game was the, the fucking trophies so normal most of them are just did a story thing found collectibles whatever some of them are like oh you know you did this thing. Uh, I really liked the cap trophies, like you got a trophy for a bag falling on your head, or you ruined <laughs> these robots' game of mahjong, or you um, meowed a hundred times, stuff like that. That was really cute. But or there was my favorite one was uh, you let your your cat sleep for an hour. You just don't even touch the controller, and the cat just sleeps in a cozy bed or like on someone's lap for an hour while the music's playing. But there are these two trophies in particular that drove me up the fucking wall. I was, it was insane that they put these in the game. One of them was a speedrun trophy. You had to play the whole game in two hours. So after I finished playing the game, it was I was just shy of nine hours with no Whoa. no help. That was just me. That was just that was just me playing the game. No guides. No nothing. I might have looked one or two things up because I got lost. Um, but. At nine hours. Um, so you had to. Re- I had to reduce that time by seven hours. So what I did, and I cannot believe I did this. I cannot believe I did this. Is I put on like a trophy guide video where someone played the whole game in like an hour and a half, and I literally would pause the game. Thank God, pausing the game stops the clock, and I would do fifteen seconds of what they did. And then pause the game, another 15, 30 seconds of what they did, pause the game. I just kept repeat. I was literally imitating everything they were doing, even down to their mistakes. Like, oh, I went the wrong way, go back. I imitated every single thing they did. And the problem with that is it didn't leave me a lot of wiggle room. And um, I think loading in and like being in a loading screen kept the clock going so if i died i would have to sit in the loading screen for like 30 seconds to a minute i think i think it went that long at least 30 seconds and like the clock's ticking i think i managed to pull it off at an hour and 52 maybe 54 minutes i barely pulled it off and i was gonna like break my controller if i didn't pull it off (laughs) that Uh, sounds abysmal it got especially bad at the very end because the um, stealth isn't hard, but um, you kind of have to play it a little bit more risk. You have to be a little more risky when you're doing the stealth sections when you're trying to do a speed run. And the problem is, there's really, I mean, once you're spotted by these robots, they start shooting at you. And there really isn't much you can do. You can so you kind of have to run and make sure you got good coverage or you can weave around. So if I got caught, they would shoot at me. I was pretty much guaranteed dead. And for whatever reason, um, the very last section where you do anything, like anything complicated, where you have to like, like fight an enemy or you or do stealth, that very last section, I kept on dying. For whatever reason, um, I kept emerging because you have to. You have to emerge out of your your 
stealth position and run towards something and all the robots can see you and i like for whatever reason i couldn't do it and i was like losing my mind i was like i am not gonna get stuck in the last 15 minutes of this game i'm i was like losing my mind and i just i could not believe a game that was about exploring your environment you know taking it slow breathe you know take having a breath taking it all in would have a trophy about speed running i was like why is this here and then the second one was uh, less egregious, but it was still very ridiculous. Is there's a trophy for your first, like the first area where you encounter enemies. You have to run through this like, very narrow, like you know, the alleyway, basically, without getting attacked once. As soon as you get attacked, you gotta reload that whole two minute sequence and start all over again. Wow. And yeah, and I try. I, there's some things. There's some things you can pick up. Like there's there's a couple t- like tricks. Like oh, here I should weave in this direction. This one I should go in. I should. I shouldn't avoid them. I should go right into them and turn stuff like that. But if like, even when you watch like, I tried looking up guides. I tried watching people's like trophy videos. They're all saying, "Yeah, it's uh, kind of random. Uh, you just gotta keep doing it. Hope you do it." Pretty much. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I think it literally took me an hour, maybe hour and a half, possibly as long as two hours, to that one section to get that one trophy. I was like, "This is ridiculous. Why is this here?" You don't do a lot of combat sections, and you've gotten me in this crammed alleyway, and you can't avoid some of these guys. You have to be very lucky with what the um, AI does to get to avoid them. But other than that, it was a very cozy game, and it's a very it's like thirty forty dollars. I would recommend it to pretty much anyone. It's very simple to pick up, and if you're in for just a dozen hours or so of getting in the mood, it's definitely a. I probably wouldn't recommend it to Platy. It has <laughs> the vibe. It kind of requires the music. You can't really have the game as muted, unfortunately. Oh That's kind of, man! Part of it is you're wandering around. And there's very like adventurous, techie sci-fi music playing in the background to get you in the mood, but. If you ever, uh, if you ever want to play as a cute cat, um, this is the game for you. So, from what I'm understanding, you made the meowst of your time with this game. Oh, I, I trust me, I made the meowst of my time with this game. You then you sounded like for, for the most part, you also positively loved it. Go stand in the corner. I Angus. did. Go I was actually, I was actually very surprised how much I liked it. Like, I, like even, yeah, even like right now, I still sometimes think about the game. Oh, I really loved this thing or that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really stuck with me, parts of it. You know, I, I don't remember this epic, you know, sequence where I did this thing and, oh, this was really cool. Like, I, you know, like with, maybe I'll talk about Spider-Man. That's my second game, spoiler alert. Spider-Man, but, you know, uh, if, if you're really someone who likes atmosphere, this is like the atmosphere game, pretty much. As long as you're not trophy hunting. Ugh. <laughs> Got the platinum in both the games, my two games this year. It's a real, it's a real catastrophe trying to go for some of those trophies, man. Ugh. Angus, why are you like this? Because <laughs> cat puns. That's what you gotta do. You wouldn't All be right. a Dragon Quest fan if you didn't do puns. This is true. We, you guys complain about it. Like, come on, man. That's what the whole series is about now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've, uh, we thought Dragon Quest Eight was bad. It, it, it just gets more and more every time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Jay had to step away for a bit. So hopefully we'll get back to him later. But um, circling back around, Twinkie, do you have a second game that you wanted to discuss? Uh, not at the moment. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. He only played one game was... this year. Fake gamer. 
<laughs> Apparently, he DRG and much- Vampire Survivors is all I played. <laughs> you played Dark huh? Cloud 2. I did. That was earlier in the year, though, and I played a lot of Dark Cloud 2. What a great game. Luke probably got more Platinums this year than we've played games this year. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, probably. That's definitely true for me. I only have, like, (laughs) I think with my combined total of games was, like, only 100 100 hours or so on my PS4 this year. And most uh, of that we all forty three. We got we have someone in the Discord who posted his, and he has almost two thousand hours on his PS uh, PlayStation consoles. Okay, wow. that makes me feel a little better. <laughs> I can probably guess who you're talking about too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says the number's inaccurate, and I don't know if that means it's more or less. <laughs> wow, that's like five and a half to six hours a day. I did the math. And I did the math. He's basically putting in thirty eight hours a week every week for an entire year. That's a full-time job. Does he just leave his PlayStation on or something? Like that's insane. Okay. Now, there's your shout Sony, out to our Discord friends who right might there. be listening to this. Whew. And me, I had fewer than ten hours on my PlayStation Four, and it didn't give me any stats. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, the, I got. Uh sends us uh, sent us what he got, and all it just was an uh oh with a smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> I cut out the part under that where it explained that either I didn't opt into data collection or I was under 10 hours. I'm like, oh, no, it was definitely the 10-hour thing. (laughs) Yeah. That was, just, that was just so funny. Just, uh-oh, my face. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> uh, I had a different uh-oh reaction, but I feel less uh-oh now that I know about someone who has double the time I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that Dark Souls 3 was my highest this year, but when I got thinking about it, it's like, yeah, I guess I was trying to get some of the rest of the trophies and got some of those Covenant ones that you have to do. You have to, you unfortunately have to grind out the stuff from enemies because the online's not very active anymore oh yeah mm-hmm. i'm at least glad that for one of the items i needed that i was able to enlist some help on game facts and and the guy thankfully too had also get the exact same item so we just ended up killing each other back and forth to get the items there you, there you go i i have a friend who showed me his wrap up and he only played kingdom hearts games this year except for he played one vr game that was an rpg so he he, he his breakdown was 99 percent rpgs <laughs> wait like hold blues. on king slime your thing says that you played 55 games this year i only had 16 so <laughs> <laughs> well you when just... you play 16 games and... like, you know 200 hours each and you know right, here, here's right, right. 55 yes. at like 30 but minutes you said, each you know you there's... said that i probably got more platinum trophies than i didn't say that oh that was that someone else? That's I haven't me. said that. That was a yell. Dang it. That's me. Shit talking. You guys sound the exact same, you know? Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, in that moment, you did, I guess. I'm a uh, Also, I'm not, I'm not 100%. That's a compliment. Me. Granted, yeah. I think I did play a decent amount of PlayStation 3 this year, too, and that was not included. No, it won't mm. be included. It's just so, PS4, PS5 stuff. So, yeah, yeah. so there's, so, like, gone. the games that I played on PS3 are not included oh, in my yeah, 16, no. and the hours that I put in on my PlayStation 3 are not included in my 956 or whatever. I, mean, I have 480 hours on my PS4, PS5, whatever. That. That doesn't that doesn't count my switch with whatever that'll be. That's gonna be another four hundred, five hundred hours and oh. then on top of that. That's <laughs> I can't gonna wait to see mine. And then that's gonna include any old console that I play, which is a lot. And that doesn't <laughs> include D- Deep Rock Galactic, which I put like three hundred <laughs> hours into this year. Yeah. 
Now, do you, you guys played that on uh, Steam, right? Yeah, that we played that on Steam. Yeah. Okay, all right. I only, I only asked because whenever I've seen it pop up on like Discord, you guys are playing that. I'm always just like, well, did they connect their their PlayStation account to it, or did they do it uh, via Steam or something? Ste- Steam is a lot better. Uh, it only came out, I think, on console either last year or early this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. only on play. Well, no, I think it's on Xbox now too. Yeah. It is. Okay. All right. Sorry, I was just I was just curious. All right, well, Jay has rejoined us, so just in time. So before we get to any uh, anybody's second games, uh, we can finish off everybody first. So, Jay, what was the uh, first game that you wanted to talk about tonight? The only game I'm talking about today is uh, Pikmin 4. <laughs> so uh, I'm an absolute Pikmin nut. I've played literally all of them. Mm-hmm. And after Pikmin 3 was like wrapped up on the Wii U way back when they're like oh Pikmin 4 is very close to completion by the way that was about 10 years ago and it only came out (laughs) that's such a Nintendo thing to do either they shadow drop it like it's available today or you're not going to see this for a decade yep Uh, and then I think it was at like E3 or or Direct or something like that they're like oh by the way Pikmin 4 is coming oh by the way Pikmin 4 is coming like in eight months yeah when they finally revealed that that was actually coming they just like showed a brief little trailer that's like oh by the way this is Pikmin 4 it's like oh oh you guys remembered that project (laughs) I hope that's how they reveal Metroid Prime 4 I think it was after Metroid that Pikmin got revealed that sounds about right I I think you're I think you're right yeah anyway Talk about Pikmin 4. So, um, I actually replayed it briefly, uh, finished the first part of the story mode to like refresh my brain and collect my props and drops because that's a fun format and I like that format. Whoever started it was probably <laughs> That was Mr. Platy himself. Yes. Unless he is supposed to give credit to someone else, but. No, I did. No, I just was trying to think of something that rhymed. It's all about mm. alliteration and rhyming. Yes. I'm not punning, yeah. that's what I'm doing. You and Joe, you've, you've learned well from the Dragon Quest. I have. Anyway, Pikmin 4 takes place like pretty much at the bad ending of the first Pikmin game where Almar fails to rebuild his ship and has to rely on an SOS signal to come and pick him up. Lots of people responded to that SOS signal and all of them crashed. Maybe about <laughs> four. You're somehow the only person who manages to land safely and now you have all these people stranded that you gotta find and rescue. And you do that not only with the help of your Pikmin, but also your space dog, Ochi. There's a dog. There is a dog, and he's adorable. You got a whole team of uh, explorers this time, not just, well, it's still your main character, but now you have a whole team with you. Can you pet the dog? Can you pet the dog? You can feed him a bone, for sure. Um, so I, in my notes here, I commented the large open areas with lots to do because they are very big. And thanks to Ochi, they have a nice bit of verticality now. Uh, snappy gameplay taking highlights from all the previous games. It really does feel like a best of all the different Pikmin games. You have, uh, the cave from Pikmin 2 return, but they're no longer random. They're preset and actually have puzzles built into them, but... One thing that does not return from Pikmin 2 is the difficulty. I felt that Pikmin 4 overall was very easy. Even in my recent playthrough where I was not being very careful and didn't upgrade anything, I still only lost maybe 46 Pikmin. And whenever things do go bad, you're kind of incentive incentivized to like take advantage of this new ability to rewind time to like 
oh, you can go back two minutes or to the beginning of this floor or to any of these other very handy checkpoints and just undo any potential setback. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that on top of all these extra powerful items and upgrades that you can get, I feel it kind of makes things too easy. One thing that I do like is that there's a nice uh, cycle of rewards. Every time you rescue Castaway, you get skill points to level OGs, carrying strength, attack strength, give them new abilities and stuff like that. Collecting treasures unlocks new areas. And you can also collect these little crystal things that you can use to build bridges and ramps and stuff like that. But you can also spend them for upgrades to give your player immunity to fire and electricity, more health, a bigger whistle range. The only issue with that is there are some things that you get too late for them to be utilized. Like, for example, there's this one item called the lineup trumpet, which you can use to move your whole squad as a group, like in the GameCube games. But in order to get it, you need to get every musical treasure, and one of them's in the last dungeon. Yeah, I I gotta agree with you on that one, Jay. I thought the balancing on that was really weird with some of the power-ups they gave. <laughs> yeah, like, th- there's another thing. Uh, if you fully max out Ochi's skills, he learned an, a rush that lasts forever. If you fully max out Ochi's skills, it means you rescued all the castaways, and there's really nothing else left for you to do. I've mm. seen a lot of people uh, calling for, like, a new game plus where you can play through the main story again with all these extra things because some things just don't really get their chance to shine. Yeah, it's like Brian made the comment earlier where it's a very Nintendo thing to do, and something like that's a very Nintendo thing to do where you get like this awesome power-up, but you really don't have anything to really use it on. I've, I've played too many RPGs to where, you know, that's the thing. You get the best weapon in the game at the very end of the content, and you've got like, what do I do with this? You get the best weapon in the game from the Super Boss. Yeah, I mean, at least in at least in some RPG cases too, they do at least have like the new game plus option, so you can mess around with it. But yeah, it, <laughs> and it's so weird with the the lineup trumpet thing because when you do um, a bit of a spoiler, I suppose, but there is an Olimar story that you can do uh, at, at a certain point in the game, and it's one of the first upgrades you can you can end up choosing from one of the ones he can pick. So it's so weird that for the main game they were like. You know, you gotta wait till like you game to get it. Yeah, <laughs> you have to wait like forever. <laughs> it's like by the time you get it, there's like no point really. Uh, but moving on to different game modes, in addition to uh, the Olimar mode that you get after clearing the main story, sprinkled into the actual main story are the two-player versus mode against the computer, the timed challenge modes, and also new tower defense-like night missions. You can access these pretty much at any time. Some of them are required, and they do a very good job of helping add variety to the gameplay in case you want to not go through caves for three hours and 40 minutes it took me. Yeah, that night night mode can have some real... Did you have troubles with some of the night missions, Jay? There were some that gave me, like, major problems. Like, especially in the like so, the final two areas. There was one of the later ones that made me go, oh no. But it was more because of something that was coming back for Pikmin 4 that I... Uh, uh, <laughs> What were you gonna? What were you saying, Jay? I didn't mean to cut you off with laughing, but <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so Pikmin Four brings back a lot of wonderful, awful enemies, <laughs> and being the name of one of them in the loading screen tip says the level loaded in uh, gave me a little bit of a sweat. <laughs> But the game is as charming as ever. There's hundreds of treasures. 
a lot of them are really pretty and they all have like flavor text from three different it's wonderful thank you that's Pikmin, that is Pikmin 4 yep yeah pick Pikmin 4 everybody Yep. Game good by game. Uh, by demo of game. Demo free. Yeah, Pikmin yeah. 4 was, for it being a long time since there had been a new one, even though it's got some oddities to it, it is a pretty well-made entry. And I, it's been doing pretty well, too. So I'm glad that, you know, people are giving the series a, a good chance now. Does does demo save transport to full game? Yes. Transport to full game and give bonus. Bonus good. Me like bonus. <laughs> Game is good. Play game. I love it too that um, four continues the tradition of Louis being a major asshole. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> is that his actions get less justifiable every game? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like oh my god, this guy is just. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to end up spoiling something. But it, like Jay is absolutely right. He just keeps getting worse and un, more and more unjustifiable. No, because like I'll, I'll talk about Pikmin two and three real quick because those are old enough. I feel if anyone wanted to play them, they probably already did. Pikmin two, the thing he does could be like, oh, it was an accident, and look, he's trying to fix it. Okay, Louis, it was his first job. He made a mistake. Pikmin 3, he was like, he outright says his motivation was like, oh, I thought these people were kidnapping me. I'm going to take their... I'm going to take their food. I'm going to get out of here. I got to find my, my pal. He somehow blows up a wall with no what, with no on-screen have, visual for how he even did it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. It on my tablet. I watch it every now and then. It always makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. It's great. I love it, too, that... Um, just to interrupt real quick, Jay. Um, I love it, too, with, like, Pikmin 2's case where when you get to the final, um, well, technically the final dungeon, and you find you finally re, uh, find Louis again, and then the whole, there's the implication of like, well, was he in control of this beast, or was the beast controlling him? <laughs> and Olimar's not sure what to think. <laughs> he, even the script is like, how did he even get here? Yes. But like, Louis, uh, get, for credit where it's due, Louis can survive anything you throw at him. <laughs> he And if I could say something... Uh, Minor spoiler, he wants to stay here. He doesn't want to go home. He wants to live on the planet. So E.T. doesn't want to phone home. Nope. No, no it's, 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 it's kind of a surprise, too, when uh, he does pop up again. I won't say how, but when he just, like, you're like, oh, well, Ooh. hey there. <laughs> it's a it's funny reveal. Although, uh, I did have the surprise slightly ruined because I was following the Japanese website very closely in the lead-up to release, and one of them were, like, character bios. Oh, no. The protagonist from the series, like, Olimar Lugu, the president from 2, and then uh, the three characters from 3. And Olimar had a new render, which made sense, and Louie also had a new render, but nobody else did. So I'm like, oh, Louie's in this game, isn't he? Oh, man. So I, I kind of knew that Louie was here somewhere and was not expecting him to uh, do what he did. Yeah, like, he's got a major, like, a uh, minor spoiler, but he's got a major freak out at the end, uh, at the very, like, tail end of the game. Of the game. And I, I mean, you know, he's kind of unhinged anyway, but it was like, oh, my gosh, like, man, calm down. <laughs> like, the voice clip they give him for that, too. It's like, who hurt you? Yeah. 
it, it's kind of <laughs> surprising, but that that's one of the things I do like about the Pikmin games where they kind of just will do the like, so it's kind of like Kirby where they'll just, it kind of has that, you know, cutesy fun appearance on the surface. But then when you kind of get looking into it more, it's like, oh, oh there's some kind of dark lore going on here. <laughs> You go anywhere below, below the surface level with Pikmin, and it's horrifying. Yes, especially when you get to, like, um, the monster that you were alluding to earlier. Like, like even in the first game, like, way back on the GameCube, they did not mince words with what they just, how they described how that thing existed. It's like, oh my gosh. And it's like, the worst thing about it is that on the GameCube, you could go the whole game and never see it. Yes. Like, it's one of those things where if you can find it, it's just like, well, good for you, but you better be prepared, because you're going to have a bad time otherwise. <laughs> it's like, congratulations, here's your prize. Yep. Now run while you can. <laughs> All right, are we pikmin out? I think so. All righty, then. We will cycle back around to Perurian. You've got hey, another hey. game to talk about. I sure do. This game actually did come out this year. Ooh, I was actually... I was actually not sure I was going to get to play this game for like another year or two, to be quite honest, because uh, it's a PS5 game, um, Final Fantasy 16. Um, I hit like ever since they I think they like announced it a year or two ago, maybe maybe longer. I don't know. I, I stopped keeping up with it after they announced it because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to play this game for five years because it's on a new system and I'm going to have to save up the money. But the stars aligned, and I was able to buy a PS5 last month, and it was basically the first game I got. I even I even managed to get a, a new copy of the game for like eight dollars. Oh, nice! Through uh, through the through just I still don't know how I managed it, but um, where where to begin on it? Um, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy XIV, I think you will enjoy this game a lot because it has a lot of people who have worked on all the Final Fantasy game or the Final Fantasy XIV expansions. Like the producer of the game is uh, uh, Na- uh, Naoki Yoshida, who runs Final Fantasy XIV as it is now. You know, does it take place in XIV? Sorry, to interrupt real quick, but does it take place in XIV's world, or does it just have a lot of the? Uh, no, no. It just has. A, it just shares a lot of the same designers and artists and stuff. Okay. Okay, yeah, right. it, it's like they it's like Square Enix realized, hey, these guys are doing a really good job with the Final Fantasy franchise. <laughs> so we're going to use them for the next major installment, because after the debacle that was 15 with its 10 years of development hell of trying to get that game out the door, mm-hmm. um, they were they were finally like, we'll put it in the hands of people who we know do a good job. And uh, Yoshida has basically saved Final Fantasy XIV from, um, you know, being a canceled MMO with that whole Realm Reborn <laughs> that happened about 10 years back. But we've also got people like um, Mitsuoshi, Gondai, Ryota, Suzuki, uh, who were uh, the designers on this game, who also did a bunch of the expansions for fourteen, And then we have the character designer for fourteen itself who designed, you know, Clive and Joshua, young Clive, all the major characters, uh, Kazuya, Takahashi. And then we, we even got the composer from the Final Fantasy fourteen games, Masayoshi Soken, who he's been around with Square for like 20 plus years. Uh, I remember him doing the music for Dragon Card way back in the day, back on the PS2, but he got his claim to fame for all the fourteen uh, expansion titles and stuff like that. But I'm a long-time Final Fantasy fan. I've been playing the game since literally the first year, or the, the the first year that the games came out over here in the states, like back in '89, '90. So I have I've been here for the whole ride, and I played I've I've played all of them. I think up um, 
up until at least 11. I, I, I've never really played 11 myself, but... Um, fake fan! No, no fake, kidding. Fake fan. So... Just, I'm kidding, the, I'm just kidding. The, the thing about this is, I feel like that this game has kind of returned me to being a big Final Fantasy fan, because... In starting in the PS2 era with, era with Final Fantasy X and, and and 12 and even 13, it was kind of moving away what I liked about the Final Fantasy games, which I like a more medieval classic story kind of thing, and that's what we get here in um, in 16. We we get this uh, story about it's set on like the twin continents of Alistea that are kind of divided between six nations who hold powers through these. Um, I believe there's five different crystals. And with these five crystals, every crystal kind of chooses a random person to be kind of its avatar. They call it dominance in the game. And with these dominance, they can call forth the icons, or as you probably know them from other games, summons. And they're all the classic Final Fantasy summons. You've got like Shiva, you've got Ifri, you've got Phoenix, Titan, uh, and even more in the game that uh, don't show up initially. Um, the thing that I was kind of very unsure about when this game first came out is they've stepped away from doing turn-based battle. Like, uh, they, they, they kind of did that with uh, 15. It, it, they tried to include this kind of freeze time, choose your action, then it'll execute once you unfreeze time, but um, it was still an action RPG. I think the last true turn-based Final Fantasy was probably 10, mm -hmm. I believe. 13, 13 kind of had it, but it kind of had this um, kind of um, active time battle uh, shifting with the different kind of party setups that you do. But it's not, it wasn't a true traditional turn base like 10 was. 10 was like the last time we got. Everybody takes their turn. Here's the turn order. So you can kind of dole out um, actions that way. Because when 12 came out, we basically turned Final Fantasy into programming the game with if statements. <laughs> which is which is a lot of fun, don't get me wrong. But that's where I kind of started getting really turned off with uh, the Final Fantasy games. And um, I was very unsure when 16 came around and they go, ah, we're doing live action combat. We got the dude from Capcom who did the combat for Devil May Cry 5 to do the combat for Final Fantasy 16. And I was oh, like, nice. uh, I don't know about this. Uh, lo and behold, I actually like it a lot. Um, it works really well. It's not too terribly fast-paced compared to other action games I've played. Um, and I haven't played a Devil May Cry game since probably the first one on the PS2 back in the day, which uh, was, if you've played a Devil May Cry game, those are, you know, fast and stylish and you want them to look as cool as possible. Well, um, the, the combat designer has brought that to Final Fantasy and he has done a fantastic job with it. Um, I kind of don't want to spoil the story too much of it. I'm only halfway through the story myself, but I just I wanted to, wanted to talk about the game more or less from like a uh, kind of an old fan who has kind of gotten exhausted on the series. It, I, I'm coming back around on it. They they're hitting all the notes with the stories that I like. There's a lot of espionage. There's a lot of political intrigue. You start you know you you play the game as um, Clive Rossfield, who is kind of a I wouldn't say disgraced son of a noble who got killed. And, and, you know, this all happens in like the first hour of the game, so it's not too spoilery. But um, they even kind of go over all of that and all of the trailers that they dropped for the game coming out. But um, basically, 
your brother has been killed and you're trying to find his killer is is the lead out to this. Um, you watched him die at the fall of Phoenix Gate at the beginning of the game. And it kind of does a 13-year leap forward to where you're a part of this elite assassin group that works for the Empire. You were put there by questionable means, and you start uh, finding out the truth uh, not long after. Um, has anybody else played through 16 here yet? Mm, I, I've played the the music of 16 and yeah. uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy. Uh, the theater, the, the, the theater, yeah, it's it's funny because the the theater, the music actually came out before I got my PS5, so I played the hell out of that, knowing. Um, I probably wasn't going to get a chance to play the game this year, and then it just kind of worked out that I was able to. So it was actually nice going into the game, being familiar with a little bit of the music. So when all of the um, like cinematic stuff starts happening, um, it was it was nice to be familiar with the music already. And this yeah. game goes all out with a lot of its cinematic stuff. Um, you'll be doing battles, and since it's not a turn-based and it's more live, uh, you know, live action live combat um they're they they have these two mechanics uh called like cinematic um they're like cinematic flourishes it's either you push a it's it's you push a button at a right time and you get an attack off or you push the other button at the right time and you get a block off i i guess they're technically quick time events because you got a short amount of time to push them but um i guess yoshida was kind of going for uh making it look as cool as possible without having to do too much quick time because a couple of boss battles, you'll get the boss down to like a hit left and he's done. And then instead of you just hitting it and it's, oh, it's over, it's whatever, you start this two to three minute kind of cinematic cutscene of you duking it out with whatever you're fighting and you get all these neat button pressures in and you get to watch this really cool scene unfold as you uh, finish off the boss or, or or whatever so um i would say game good play game <laughs> i i uh, i'll say before we move on that you like um from what i've seen of 16 what little i know about it uh but just you know besides the music stuff that we talked about a little bit before um the game does look like something more up in my alley because like I'm kind of in agreement with you, Brewer, and like when I think of Final Fantasy, I think of more of like, you know, the the classic medieval sort of world to it. You know, nothing yeah. wrong with like uh, having a little bit of like steampunk stuff in it, like uh, kind of what Final Fantasy VI has, where you have a little bit of medieval, but you got some like technology stuff that are in there too. But when it comes to the ones that are a little more like they have the modern day or like they're like they go really hard in the one direction, like like seven and eight kind of did. Yeah, it, it, I, I find a little bit harder to get into those, but I've liked what I've seen of uh, 16 and um, I've heard a lot of good things about it, too. So, oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've not I've not heard a single bad thing about the game, but this is also one of those games of if you're a fan of it, you're already going to play it. And then, you know, the people that aren't interested, they're not even going to really touch it. And um, it's not like I've been on a total media blackout with information on this game. It's just, you know, we all know what kind of to expect from a Final Fantasy at this point. It's the mm -hmm. 16th game. It's been, they've been out for almost 40 years. Um, they did a fantastic job with the voice cast in this game. Uh, yeah, I, I've heard Ben Starr has like, been really well liked. Oh my gosh, he does a fantastic Clive Rossfield. And then even the the girl who plays... Um, uh jill has has is done i haven't heard a bad voice in this game yet um it's got a lot of um these nice so they have picked up from 
the the hunt board, which I think was a, a thing for the first time in Final Fantasy XII, to where you would go out and you would hunt these marked oh, beasts. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, that's returned in Final Fantasy 16. Once you hit a certain point in the game, the board unlocks and you can start hunting down these beasts. Oh, and nice. um, yeah, it's they're they're obviously tougher than what you're facing in the area, but the re- rewards that they give are also pretty great. Um, what's also really nice is that at any point in the game, when you're at like the main hideout, uh, you've got like this kind of magic slab is the best way that I can describe it that you can walk up to. And if you want to practice combat, you can just go into the menu on this thing and then just practice all of the stuff, like all of the abilities and everything that you've unlocked in the game. Because there are a lot of abilities. And you'll unlock abilities earned through ability points by completing random battles. Like, as you complete random battles, you you still get experience, you can still get spoils and stuff like that. Items to help you with crafting gear, improving gear, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, game good by game. All right. Sounds, it does sound good. It's funny you say that you haven't heard anything bad because there's a podcast I've listened to that has just bashed it for months. It's, it's like, wild too, because it's <laughs> final. I, I feel like like modern final fantasy. When I say modern, I mean like everything up to 16 and that this is, this doesn't include the MMOs cause they're, their own thing off doing their own yeah, thing, right? Yeah. So, you, you know, you got 12, you have 13, you have 15. Those are, I guess that's that's a really good point, is a lot of those are like Tetsuya Nomura design games, 15 especially. 15, uh, I think, was one of the games that he had to come in on because, you know, that game was stuck in development hell for so long. Um, I've never been a big fan of Nomura-designed characters and He's been kind of like prolific with a lot of the Final Fantasy stuff in the last decade. So getting another character designer in here, especially someone from 14 who if you've never seen Final Fantasy 14 art, just go look at go look at some art. It is all fantastic art. Uh, I won't say it's like on the level of Amano in terms of, you know, artsy fartsy and stuff like that, but uh, the, the the person who did the character design for for Clive and for Jill and for everybody did. Uh, beyond phenomenal uh, for it, and th- this this is what I want from Final Fantasy, and I am glad that we have kind of returned to this because you know, like with fifteen and thirteen, we've got this kind of future tech thing going on, kind of alternate alternate future, and I'm all about the medieval story kind of thing. You know, Final Fantasy mm-hmm. one through four. Uh, I've not actually I haven't played through five in like. 15 plus years when it was when it came out on the ps1 for the anthology so i have completely forgotten that game so i've been waiting to play it now that the pixel remasters are out now 16 kind of leads into that but it's you know it's kind of a what would you say yang is it's kind of a forgotten tech kind of thing so i don't know if that yeah because because um, just from having recently finished five five does the same thing where it's primarily a medieval kind of setting yeah. world but there's a lot of like you know the ancient technology that gets yeah. discovered. and i mean i mean that's that's here in 16 as well it's called the fallen tech and you you learn more about it as you progress the story mm-hmm. uh, like i said i'm only about halfway through the game and i'm only, we're only just kind of kind of starting to learn about it so i can't wait to see where it goes um, where I've hit in the story, I'm I'm actually engaged with the story. Set pieces are fantastic. Everything is massive. It looks great on the PlayStation Five. Um, it it doesn't feel like the quote unquote hallway simulator that 
Final Fantasy 13 kind of fell into. Oh, yeah. Um, it also doesn't do that thing that a lot of RPGs, especially Square RPGs, have been egregious about doing of you get a little bit of exposition dump in the cutscenes with things going on, but then you have to go confer to a kind of a dictionary in the game to get more info. Uh, about the main story, at least you're you're kind of given everything you need as you go along. But there is stuff about other characters that you can learn by going back to this codex, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta say, like, um, just with mention, like, like the more modern ones, like, I, I unfortunately I forget the director of Twelve. You know, he made it so it was part of the Evil East world. Uh, which like yeah. tactics was in and everything, mm-hmm. but you know his games are pretty good about doing that. Where they do give you a pretty good amount of information, but if you want to get a lot more information on characters or or you know monsters, whatever the case might be, you know there's there's resources in game you can access with like a click or two of the button, or you just go yeah. to like the certain locations. So. Yeah, it, it's you, nice when the like, devs are kind of like, you know, it's it's fun to have these crazy things in here, but we probably should have a way that, to make it easy to explain it to the player if they need yeah. like, a question. <laughs> as, a good, as a good parallel to that example, yeah. Um, yeah, you want to learn more. It's it's there. It's, it's, it's completely optional of you can learn more, but you're given the main context of what you need in the cutscenes that you see as the, as the game goes on. But a good parallel is Final Fantasy XIII, which... You get a cutscene and you learn almost nothing, and you have to go into the menus, into the codex to read several paragraphs about what just happened and get more context clues on things that happened to really understand what's going on. So, sixteen has done phenomenal in 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 art, in in um, in writing, everything. Like this is what I want in a, in a Final Fantasy game, and I'm I'm glad that we've come back around to it. Like. The DLC just dropped the other day, too, so I can't wait to get to the point where I can also play the first part of the two DLC. Nice. For the yeah, third time, look- game good. Bye, <laughs> game. Definitely looking forward to trying this one out at some point in the future. But if is I ever the game good, and sh- should I buy the game? Game good. Bye, game. Game good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now to another game that I was just telling <coughs> Yangus that he should give a try to um, the other day. We got Blue Star with her second game of the year. So my second game of the year, well, I guess it's probably my top game of the year because I think I probably put more hours into it than just about anything else at this point, and that is Monster Hunter Rise. Um, so this was a, I have never played a Monster Hunter game before this one. I knew absolutely nothing about the theories. Uh, We were coming up on Christmas and my mom texts me and she says, Luke had an idea for what you guys could get each other for Christmas. If you both get each other Monster Hunter Rise, that's that's his idea. And I was like, where the heck did this come from? And so I messaged him about it. And he's like, yeah, well, we could get it on Switch and then we could play it together. Um, And well, uh, almost 400 hours later, uh, (laughs) we have we have hunted many monsters uh honestly (laughs) welcome to the monster hunting club blue yeah um honestly i actually just uh picked up the game today as well because i've been having that itch and i needed to scratch it and i also needed to sort of remember what happened or, or how how to play how things work 
um, you know, knock off some of the rest. Uh, and honestly, it's it's still fun. There's still more. There's still more hours to put in. I have not gotten all of the achievements yet. So. Uh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Blue, don't do it. Seriously, it the Monster Hunter oh, games are awful. About that. It's, it's, the, the worst one is going to be getting all of the room decorations, and that's just because it's random. But everything else oh, no. is like. Don't do it. Listen to him, man. He's right. He is Challenge accepted. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> um. So basically, gameplay-wise, it. I am probably not the best person to describe this, but it feels to me like it plays very similarly to Dragon Quest Heroes, but instead of lots of small enemies, you're fighting like one or two big enemies at a time hopefully one when there's two things start to get crazy uh and you just you just beat them up and you fight them until they die and usually you die a lot too so <laughs> a lot of the our gaming is just filled with laughter because i'll be waiting off to the side and it'll be like he'll be like okay i'm going in and he'll run up to the monster and he'll immediately get batted away and you'll just see him fly off the screen uh, the ragdoll physics of your characters getting beat up is hilarious. Um, but we've gone through, we've killed so many monsters. We played through all of the main story, all of the DLC. Uh, I think our hunter rank is is roughly 500, I think. And our master rank, which is the DLC level, is like 120. So... And I, so in the chat, we're, we're seeing a lot of people who live, love the vibe of Monster Hunter, but the gameplay doesn't really get them. I, You know, I've always been a big Capcom fan, and their their character animations and everything, especially with the, with, the, with the Palicos, I love it. I love it so much, and I want to enjoy the gameplay, but every time I sit down to try and play Monster Hunter, I just never get really far. It's like the gameplay loop for me just does not click for some reason. And I've tried with several. I tried with... Me and Yangus played um, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate for a while on the Wii U back in the day, mm-hmm. and, and then and then I tried with Monster Hunter Generations uh, with with uh, a bunch of the, the the new weapon types and everything, thinking, you know, maybe I just haven't found the thing that really clicks for me. But I don't know what it is. It just never really resonated with me. But I love everything about the way the game looks and kind of presents itself. Yeah. So my Palico, I actually designed it after my cat. Uh. So that's and also the, the character callouts when you're fighting because usually when the monster targets you, the person that you're with will say, "Hey, it's coming after you!" Except they usually don't actually say the thing until after you're already rolling on the ground from getting whacked. So we'll just we'll just say to each other, "Thanks, very helpful." <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a lot of fun and honestly it's the kind of gameplay that I don't I don't know that I would normally be drawn to it. I mean obviously I'm very much more of a turn-based story-driven game kind of girl than like an action. But playing- is this Sorry, is this a game that you would play solo by yourself or do you need somebody to play it with you? So, I do not think I would have picked it up to play it solo. And I don't think I would get a new one to just play by myself. But I have sat down and played... Like, there there are some missions in Monster Hunter Rise that you can't do in multiplayer. And I have been doing those. Or there'll be, like, you know, there's a piece of armor that I just... I'm missing an item for and I can't make it and I 
just just need that one thing and it just won't drop. It's like a thirty five percent drop. It's supposed to be pretty easy to get and it just won't. Hey, um, yep. does, does that sound familiar? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's, like a monster hunter curse. Every like time the, you need a certain item, the game's like, yeah, no, you're not getting that. How, how long did we go when I needed a gobel spike and three ultimate? I think that took like ten attempts or something. Easily, easily. I think my brother killed like thirty of a monster trying to get a. I guess it it was a three percent drop. So like I guess that's kind of kind of fair, but is it, yeah. is it like is that, it like a three percent drop when you break a specific part of the monster? Yes, and then there's also target part. rewards, and you can capture it to get another chance. And so there's mm-hmm. there's there's all sorts of stuff. I uh I was a dual blade wielder, and he was hunting horn. So basically, anytime there was a monster who needed their tail cut off to get bonus parts, that was my job. Um, I got pretty good at it, but sometimes the monster just does not cooperate, and sometimes when they're down, their animation, their tail is just flying all over the place, and it's just like, let me hit you! Yep. Uh, <laughs> Been there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Uh, it definitely was a lot of fun playing multiplayer and just being on voice chat, because, you know, while he was still in school, we would play, you know, online. We also play, it. we play on Switch, so it's kind of couch co-op. I have two TVs set up in my living room because uh, I'm well adjusted and that's a normal thing people do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Glad he's seen the two TVs in my living room. Oh yes. <laughs> but uh we've but seen yeah, pictures of your life. This is fair. You you've shown us pictures of it. I have. Right, because that it was very exciting when we were playing it side by side, both on TVs. Because usually he would play in handheld mode, and I would be on the TV before we had two. But now we have two. Uh, but multiplayer is a lot of fun. Um, just sort of some of the shenanigans that come around reminded me of Dragon Quest Nine multiplayer that like way back. It obviously it's a little more action packed and less Dragon Questy, but like you're still <laughs> going for equipment, trying to find new you know oh this looks really cool i want this so we should try to go for these monsters or do these quests and all of that so it's been a lot of fun we also were talking about it and i had just mentioned once like because i like i said i was having the itch to play monster hunter again and i was i told him that and he was like yeah i sometimes feel that way too and i was oh, like yeah. we should we should talk to each other when we get that itch so that we can play together <laughs> <laughs> once you get the once you get the monster hunter bug, it's hard to get rid of it. The one thing that I am I I'm excited that they announced Monster Hunter Wilds, but at the same time they didn't announce it for Switch, which like is fair because probably like the Switch is not powerful enough to run whatever they're doing because it's only going to be on PS5. But it's a lot easier to have multiple Switches to play together than it is to have multiple PlayStation 5s. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. the game's coming on. So Switch 2 might be a possible possibility. <laughs> yeah, well, then we still have to get two new Switch 2s, but I, just, I see your point. <laughs> I'm just hoping that that uh, Rise is going to be, or uh, Wilds is going to be more like a Rise and not more like World, because Platy was asking me, 
if I had played Rise earlier, uh, was it earlier this week or was it late last week? Played? Yeah, it was just a couple days ago, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's asking me, and it's like, well, I mean, I played World, but I'll be honest, I wasn't really that big into it. And I'm glad to know, at least from the people at Play he's talked to, that I'm not alone on that boat because there's been other people who are just like, I don't know, World is not a bad game by any means. It's just, it's very different than what I expected from a Monster Hunter game from being a, a pretty longtime fan, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh... It was Monster Monster Hunter World. Was that before Rise or after Rise? That before. was before. Before. Okay, that's what I thought because when we had finally gotten the DLC for Rise, like they were still releasing updates at the time, so I was like, okay, this is probably the newest uh, installment. But I, I, yeah. I don't know anything about the series. I know Platy has played the stories games, and he really liked the first one and didn't like the second one as much, and like. Maybe that would be something I would be interested in. Because you might like that one. Yeah. Palicos are great. Palicos are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get into worlds either, so you're now alone. Yeah. I, I I have a bit of a just a little side note here for the Monster Hunter talk. I've had a tradition going since uh, Monster Hunter Four, well, actually Monster Hunter Three Ultimate, where I started just making my character based off a random Dragon Quest character, typically <laughs> the ones that I like the most from a certain game. Um, it with with the three ultimate. It started out as a Yangus lookalike for the well, as close as you can get it. But um, from then on, it was like what is that? I had Ragnar as my Monster Hunter Four character, which felt appropriate since he's from Dragon Quest Four. And I made his little palico, a little blue one, made, named him Healy. <laughs> um, let's see. I remember in World, I made my character look like Sir Mervin since uh, you know that was just a little bit after the time that uh, we had finally gotten Monster or uh, Dragon Quest Seven. On the 3DS, and what was it? I na- made his little uh, palico. I made him Gabo. <laughs> made him a little blue with like big with big eyes with big eyes. Because I'm like, oh, you know what? That that, that would Gabo would be like as a cat. He'd have just big like eyes, like he's all excited, like. <gasps> <laughs> and it's just been a tradition doing that. So, <laughs> I, I'm I'm looking forward to try and rise at some point in the future. Uh, I don't know when that day. It's like I told Planet. It's like it's going to be someday, but not today. <laughs> if you get it on maybe Switch, today. maybe not tomorrow. I will play someday. with you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'll you ask him, but Switch. not me. If you get it on Switch, <laughs> I, I do will have play it on with Switch. you. I'm the favorite. I do have it on Switch, so. Oh. You're, you're not the favorite though, so shush. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll let you know, Blue. Yes. We don't do as many multiplayer things as we once did when we played Among Us every once in a while, which means we're not doing any right now. But it would be fun to actually game with you guys. <laughs> I don't know, miss. I put a thousand hours into my PS4 in here. Does that mean you don't <laughs> want to game with me? I'm, I'm saying you don't have the time for us. Oh, um. See, I don't She's think running out of the... SMT games to play in Personas. <laughs> Yeah, I ran out of Personas a while ago. Although I do still, I do still have <laughs> New Game Plus game routes to play. I just haven't gotten around to it. It'll happen at some Ooh. point. Um, Planet, maybe maybe we out. should get her to play um, the tra- the Trails games. Those will give oh, her plenty God. of things to. Oh, that, that'll that'll give her another thousand hours. We'll I've never actually, shoot her again. I've actually considered it. You know, you probably would really like them, Blue. They're they're, yeah. they're actually pretty good games. Yes, so they finished are. Finished one in three days. Well, it was kind of fun. <laughs> It's all right. It's good. Okay, I don't think okay. any of those can be finished in three days, even if you're playing. Straight. I wish there's a little more to do, though. 
okay, okay, okay. But see, that's going to depend on if I still don't have a job or not. <laughs> that's mm. that's going to change everything. Oh, that's right. We forgot you're a vagrant. Yeah. Maybe she should play Vagrant Story. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, it takes place in Ivalice. There we go. It sets you up then to play uh, Tactics and the other Tactics <laughs> games and 12. There's the gateway. There's the Actually, gateway. one of the other things that I've been thinking about looking for is a pixel remaster sale. Hey, Finally yeah. actually looking at Final Everybody, Fantasy games. Everybody's been waiting on a pixel remaster sale. It's not going to happen for a while. I believe it, but I've also got, I could probably sink another 200 hours into Monster Hunter right now. And I've still got and I've still got Dragon Quest Monsters and honestly, I still got things that I want to do in Dragon Quest Treasures and I got all of those New Game Plus runs to do on the Persona games that I beat earlier this year <laughs> and we've got more visual novels coming out next year like, I think I'm set for a while <laughs> Sound, It sounds like it uh, This is my life <laughs> oh, Someone help me there's yeah, also basically. that pseudo uh, there's that pseudo persona game coming out next year too. What? There's that uh what was it? Memorize, rememorize. Oh god, yeah, that metaphor, refantastica, Refa- yeah. whatever it's literally called. just persona, just a yes. fancy persona. It's yeah. like mid- it, it's, it's all like, the people. The whole like, cat yeah, it's yeah. all the all the warriors. Cause I was like, I'm looking at it because there's like a big um cover a preview thing coming out for it it's like oh you know actually this looks pretty interesting it follows the calendar system from some fucking hell dude <laughs> why is it always the calendar <laughs> just let me play at my own pace damn you game <laughs> you got three reload coming out you know it's like what two months from now yep i yeah i don't i don't know we talked about three re- reload and just wasn't wasn't there the whole thing that the purpose of Persona Three Remake is to remake Persona Three and not be like a definitive edition or something like that? I don't know if that's still the case, but if that that was the case at the time, and we were like, eh, we probably don't need to buy that. <laughs> hey man, all I want to know from that remake is if you can uh, spare Shinjiro from his fate. That's all I want to know. Put, I need I need to play the dance all night games too. Those are important. Uh, There's lore in those. No, shut, Eel, we... shut up. <laughs> the canonical ending to Persona 4 is in dancing all night. No, Eel, we, shut up. We will Don't play the Strikers games game one game first. And we'll probably oh, the Strikers not ever is so good. a sequel. Oh my god. Just play the fighting game. That's good too. Yeah, this uh, fucking Persona fans. <laughs> <laughs> Time to mute Yangus. Strikers is definitely a sequel to five, too. I'm with Yangus on this. Yes, one. it is. Strikers is definitely a sequel. Yep. Okay. There's a Bloodborne guy in there. Come on. Lots, lot, lot, lot going on in that. <sighs> All right. Yeah, let's well, see, let's talking see about that. sequels. A, a let's get, let's get to our next sequel here. Software, guys. Let's see that one. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's All right. So, t- keep this okay, moving okay. along. <laughs> I should have muted Yangus. You should have <laughs> muted me. He did not take the hint. <laughs> but uh, uh, maybe maybe we could just get some uh, sticky webbing all over his mouth. And oh, maybe that sticky webbing oh. can come from Spider-Man. Kevin, um, tell us about Spider-Man. Huh? came from Spider-Man and not yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, came from Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Yeah, I noticed webbing, that pause between come, come and Spider-Man. Yeah. Now that's what I call a sticky situation. But I'm... Spider-Man, Spider-Man comes all over the place. <laughs> There's the explicit tag. Yep. Well, thank you, Pe- thank you. <laughs> Sorry, chaos. Well, one of Peter's new powers is he does get to shoot white goo from his body. So that is next- <laughs> See? <laughs> See? <laughs> There's truth in the joke. 
<laughs> but anyways, so yeah, Spider-Man 2, which you, you know, the people who played Spider-Man uh, from PlayStation 4, literally the exact same game. Um, only difference, i say the, <laughs> the biggest change, I would say, if anything, is all the all the, uh, the characters' face models are completely different. That was uh, a fun wow. week why like well, I, I don't i don't know why but i've heard that well so i don't know what the deal with the face model for peter was because they had actually changed his face between the original game and the remaster on like playstation 4, uh, 5 and i don't remember the reason why uh maybe they thought it would uh, the motion capture would be better on this other face, this Scott the Waz face they have for him, but... <laughs> <laughs> and then, I don't actually think they changed Miles' face all that much, and I've been go I've been hearing different things about Mary Jane. She has like a different hairstyle, her hair was tied back, and now she has her hair down, so it might just be the way her face frames with her hair. Um, it's also, I think her actress aged by like five years between games, and motion capture technology got better, so her face might just look a little different. I don't know. But that was pretty much all anyone was talking about in regards to this game. So I'm going to talk about other stuff. Basically, the, the main feature, the big selling point of this game is that you can swap between uh, Peter Parker and Miles Morales, the two Spider-Men, back and forth um, between missions. Uh, you can you play as whomever, whatever character you want. They're pretty much the exact same. Um, their powers look a little different, but they're functionally the same. Miles has his um, Venom Blast, which are like these electric shock powers from his fists and stuff. Peter has like um, Iron Spider, you know, mechanical, uh, you know, uh, you know, stingers or whatever that come out of his back. They do basically the exact same thing. Later on, Peter uh, gets. Uh, the symbiote power, and then that evolves into something else. Um, basically, the story is um, his old friend Harry Osborne has come back, and he's dying. But what's keeping him alive is he has the the Venom symbiote in him. And uh, Peter and Mary Jane they reconnect with Harry Osborne, their best buddies. You ride bikes, you go to state fairs, all that fun stuff. Uh, but then, meanwhile, Craven the Hunter is looking for one final, you could almost say his last, hunt. Um, and he comes to New York to hunt all of New York's supervillains and, of course, the Spider-Men. So, your, your goons that you fight throughout the whole game, pretty much, are Craven's goons. Um, Craven only ever really comes, you know... Uh, <laughs> It's kind of funny. It, it, he's Craven the Hunter, but you only ever see him coming in on a, uh, a helicopter at the very end of an encounter. While all, after all of his goons have softened people up. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, the Craven's hunting down the Spider-Men. You fight his goons. Obviously, uh, Har uh, Harry's Venom symbiote eventually gets on Peter, and he gets all of his Venom powers. He becomes more aggressive. He becomes a dick. You know. Classic uh, uh, Venom thing. Uh, they, what I thought was really funny is they doubled down on... In the first game, everyone hated the Mary Jane missions, where you'd play as Mary Jane, and she'd have to stealth around, hide. If she gets seen, it's a game over, you have to start from fresh. They doubled down on that. You play as Mary Jane, I would say, probably twice as much. Um, the only difference, they made her powerful. So, you know, all these amazing hunters are tracking down Spider-Man... You have to punch him a million times just to beat him. Mary Jane, she can just come up from behind with a taser and defeat them in one go. 
At one point, she gets a gun. There's a part where it's literally just you're playing as Mary Jane, and it's a over the shoulder like action game where you're shooting at things. Like, what the fuck is this? But um, costumes sucked. That was probably the, my <laughs> biggest problem with the game. You know, you have a classic superhero worn a million different costumes. What you know, you're thinking, oh, what's going to be in this one? Uh, pretty much every movie costume is there. So like half of Peter's costumes are like the movie ones, like the forty ones that you know Tom Holland wore. All that stuff. There weren't any like fun, obscure ones. You did get the black suit from a uh, Spider-Man Three, uh, the movies. So that was nice. Um, the game, uh, they kind of shrunk everything, which seems kind of weird. They they made the map way larger, but the stuff you do in it is way less. Which you know, con- this is kind of controversial, but I actually preferred that. In the first game, there was just way too much busy work. In this one, they kind of shrunk it down to a little busy work. And then you get these, what are called Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man app requests. Like, it's a we- it's a little app where people put in requests and one of the Spider-Men can go and help them with it. They're pretty much entirely n- no action no action in any of them. They're usually, like, helping uh, help find an old man or escort pigeons somewhere or uh, ride a bike. Like, the very boring... I was fine with them. There weren't very many. It's kind of more there to kind of show... Uh, the impact the Spider-Man have on the community. There was, uh, I thought it was very bold that they saw everyone complaining about the Mary Jane missions and they added in a Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man mission where you play as a deaf girl uh, who is trying to spray paint a wall, basically. You're basically climbing up, you know, a couple buildings and trying to get a elevator going and stuff like that and you're just spray painting walls. I was very brave of them to decide to make that a mission in this game. I thought it was fine. It's only a 20-minute mission, but I think a lot of people were bitching about it online. That's pretty funny. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I thought it was funny. Um, One cool feature they did add was in the original game, um, because uh, there was of loading screens when you want to fast travel it would have like a little a loading screen where peter is like just wait like chilling on a train as he's you know being moved from one spot to another he's like interacting with people whatever that was cute since the ps5 doesn't really do loading screens uh what they did was um you're on the map and it looks like this you know it looks kind of like you know a, a computer screen basically and you click where you want to go and you hold down the button and then it kind of like zooms in and it like smoothly fades into like the actual city and then it um, has when the Spider-Man like mid swing so it's like right it's like a snap of your finger you're there swinging so it was really awesome seeing that uh, really love the boss fights. I would say all of the boss fights beat all of the boss fights in the first game. Uh, there was a lot more stakes to the boss fights in this one. You know, characters fighting each other who, you know, care about each other. Uh, a lot of uh, people screaming and yelling at each other. That's always fun. You know, uh, mid-boss fight, people saying, you don't understand, or you've taken everything from me, or I hate you. Oh, that's always really fun. Uh, I did enjoy <laughs> one part of the game. Uh, I got a little bit of Persona 4 nostalgia, uh, where listening to Yuri Lowenthal, who plays Yusuke Persona 4, Peter Parker in this game, uh, yelling at Laura Bailey, who plays Mary Jane, who plays Risa in Persona 4. Uh, they're screaming at each other about the truth. I was like, oh, wow. It's such a... <laughs> 
It's just like my Persona games. You care about the truth. It's the truth. They're just yelling at each other. is very funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the most controversial part of the game, though, was I think people are kind of cool on the story. Um, and I can see why. Um, I felt like thematically it would have made more sense for Miles to get the black suit. Just because he's kind of on a revenge quest throughout the game. That's kind of his main thing. So it makes sense if he got the the suit and it like agitated him. But I can see why maybe they were concerned that would be too much like Spider-Man 3, the movie, with Peter and, the, and Sandman. So they probably decided it'd be better if, you know. Also, gameplay-wise, um, Miles is way overpowered. Uh, and they probably want to help balance them out by giving it to Peter. Um uh, people were kind of bothered by how <laughs> it was weird. People were mad about uh, Miles getting so much focus, but at the same time, Miles had like the least compelling part of the story. So I was really confused on that because I, it seemed to me the story leaned way heavier on Peter, and they were really fighting to find something of interest to give to Miles. Um I really enjoyed fighting Venom, all 19 inches of him. Um, the boss fight was really fun. There's a meme, I guess they had a Venom figure, like a, a pre-order figure, if you bought like the Ultimate Edition or whatever, and they were calling it all 19 inches of Venom or something like that. Because the figure was 19 inches. Correct. No, uh, I think you're mistaken there. Absolutely I'm... not. That is not what that referred to at all. <laughs> Wait, am I wrong? I thought it was because they had a big, they had the a um a figure in like a collector's edition that was 19 inches tall. Uh, no, I'm just being facetious. Oh, okay, okay. Whew. I was going, no, I'm not being phallic. <laughs> Ayo. <laughs> yeah, good game. I liked it. Um, definitely worth the wait. I can, <laughs> I can see why people were kind of bothered by. It. I'm one of those freaks who likes less stuff and enjoys it when it sticks to conventions. I guess that's why I like RPGs so much. People were like, it's not innovative enough. They didn't add enough to it. They took away stuff. Like, yeah, good. I finished in 25 hours. I was done. I don't have to pick it up ever again. I did everything. That's how I like it. Not these these freaks who got to be like, oh, I have to play a thousand hours to get any joy out of it. I think Blue Star just felt insulted. I I don't have to play a thousand hours before I get joy. I get joy out of every single one of those thousand hours. It's just that I can keep getting joy until I've done everything. Sometimes I, 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 sometimes I wish I could stick to a game for that long. I, Look, you know, we're all busy. I mean, we, got, we got stuff going on. I had to take a week off to play this game. I was gonna this an hour awake, but you got it done in like a weekend. I got it. Done, I did. I ironically, I think I finished on Sunday, like like the oh day before God. I had to go back to work. <laughs> Crazy man. But yes, good game. Uh, if you don't play it. At least watch like the boss fights on YouTube or something. You don't really need context. It's really fun just to watch the fights happen. Um, definitely looking for this game more than the last one for sure. Set up a Spider-Man three game, and I'm definitely interested in seeing where they take it. So fingers crossed for Spider-Man three. All right. Oh, what a perfect a... transition. Uh oh. But 
We'll let we'll let Burian take. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say transition. I, I've got a voucher for this game when I bought my PS5 that I haven't redeemed yet because I'm like I don't know if I'll actually play this game and enjoy it because I don't really do superhero stuff. But the well, option is there. So it's it's weird when you play the when you boot up the game for the first time. There's actually a previously on feature you can press. And it's pretty much that they summarize the, the whole plot of the last two games, basically. Oh. Although, it, interestingly enough, <laughs> I'd never played the DLC for the first game, and there was a character missing. And I was like, huh, I wonder why this character isn't here. And I find out because her thing happened during DLC. Uh, and they didn't explain it at all in the thing. I was like, this would have been a, an incredibly important thing uh, to mention. Last thing I forgot to mention. Um... One of the things they kind of streamlined about, like, the game is they gave Peter and uh, Miles their own, like, quest lines, like, their own individual side quest lines that are, like, relevant to the game, like, the, the not necessarily the story of Spider-Man 2, but is important to what's coming next. And they gave Peter, like, a really good one, and, like, it had an excellent boss fight, and it teased like the most ridiculous enemy for the <laughs> for the third game it's got me really hyped to see uh what they do with that and then they gave miles um he had mysterio so he had a really cool mysterio boss fight where like everything's everything warps and changes and shifts around you and you got to beat up multiple different mysterios which one's the real one stuff like that that was really cool too yeah, that does sound pretty neat. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's like 20, 25 hours. You can probably finish the story mode in 15. So, I mean, you don't really need to know much about the previous game. Hey, Spider-Man, he beats up bad guys. That's pretty much all you need to know. That's that's all we need. That's yep. all we need. He does? Yes. Well, except for when nice. he gets when he becomes Venom. Then he beats up good guys. And he, <laughs> he really beats up good guys. Let me tell you. All 19 inches of them. Oh, yeah. One thing that was really cool is I remember everyone really loved this feature in the first game where if you're web swinging really fast, Peter will sound more out of breath when he's talking to people like over the phone or something. And they kind of did the same thing in this game where he's he starts speaking meaner and more aggressively when he has the Venom symbiote on. Like, you know, you're beating up bad guys, whatever. And he goes, compliments for your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man or whatever. But then when he's wearing the Venom suit, he's like, you losers, weak. Like he's just getting really aggressive and mean. <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah. All righty. Sounds good. And you had said that this perfectly set up a Spider-Man 3 game. And then Brian cut in. So talking about game number three, I think only one of our guests tonight has a third game of the year that they wanted to talk about. <gasps> <gasps> Surprise gasp. I could Surprise. talk about many, but they would all be short, and <laughs> I feel like nobody wants to talk wants me to talk for that long. <laughs> no, let's get to three hours. No. <laughs> all right, so Berean, I don't even know what it is. What is oh, your third game? So my third game is a game that kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, you know, as they say, with the memory of their struggle buried deep in their hearts, um, I found myself circling back to a game that I had played previously, beaten, and found myself playing it a, a lot again recently, and that is Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins. Yeah. If you can't tell, can't tell, I like Final Fantasy games. No. <laughs> Two of the three games I've talked about. 
tonight. No, Final Fantasy Origin. It came out originally um, March of 2022. So it is by no means a new game. In fact, it's coming up on its second anniversary. It's had three DLC packs, which I kind of love and hate at the same time because you get a de- you get a definite end with the base game story of Stranger of Paradise, but the DLC continues the story and then gives you another definitive end at the end of the third DLC. Oh no. But the problem with the DLC in this game is that it gets progressively harder and harder that any casual player of the game is going to be like, seriously, you're, 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 you're putting me through all of this pain and misery. I'm just going to go watch it on YouTube. <laughs> it, it, it gets... It gets rather rambunctious at the end. Like I, to to do the final thing, it took me days of trying to get through that boss battle. But Stranger Paradise, when the game came out in 2022, early 2022, I in, in the first like three months of the game, I had put 150 hours into the game, and then I had to I had to put it down um, and come back to it once the first DLC came out. Because in the base game, you've got uh, you've got like four difficulties. You have casual difficulty which um so i guess the lead out to this is it's a souls like game that is a prequel to final fantasy one and that seems like a very odd thing to do because it's not an rpg it's not a turn-based game it is a uh it's done by team ninja who does the nio game so it's basically final fantasy nio i I guess i could say like i say souls like but it doesn't quite play like a Dark Souls game. Um, it's a little bit more quick-paced. The game is all about gear management. When you're playing through the base game, it doesn't matter as much. You just want the highest level gear that you can get. But once you start hitting post-game stuff, it gets super duper granular on stat tweaking on your gear to do stuff. And um, obviously, I really enjoy this game because it is a prequel. It kind of it's it it sells itself as a prequel. It builds itself as a prequel. The story itself is a prequel, but it's actually kind of a um, kind of a branch off of Dissidia more than a true like prequel to the first game, um, just because of all of the uh, contextual information that you get in the game. Um, you can pick up pretty quick that oh, you know, this is all based off of stuff that is happening in Dissidia, so it kind of bleeds over into mm. this, and this is why this is happening. But it's it's at the same time, it's not like in your face about it. If if you've played Dissidia and you know the Dissidia story, you'll you'll pick up on it. You but, know, Br- I'll, I'll just say this real quick, Brian, yeah. not to cut you off, but you making that comment now it makes sense why um, a certain boss of the DLC looks the way that they do. It's like okay, the the city of connection there. Which anyway. which which boss? Um, the one who comes from uh, the second. That's all I'll say. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. His design is based off of uh, a Tessidia design. So if you see that, you know exactly kind of what you're getting yourself into. And then even with the third DLC, it goes even further than that to be like, oh yeah, this is basically Dissidia. But um, it's it's a lot of fun. Game good. Um, I didn't think I would ever enjoy something like this. I watched the trailers for it. The trailers were over the top, kind of outrageous. I love it too because the characters going into it, they're like, um, we're here to kill chaos. That's what we're here for. Like, And that's what it leans into. It's very cheesy. It's a very Tetsuya Nomura kind of thing. He was the main lead designer on this. 
I know previously for 16, I was like, kind of tired of Nomura designs, but when it's kind of tongue-in-cheek like it is in this game, it really works. Jack is a no-nonsense guy who, he's like, I'm here, I have this urge, I must find and I must kill chaos. And even when you go through like one of the first missions and you fight what you think is chaos, um, and you have the cutscene after that boss fight, I love it because he's just like, the character's talking and he's he, he basically just goes... Fuck you! And he turns around and walks out of the room. <laughs> I saw like a lot is, of people um, compare it to like mid-generation PS3 games, even down to Shaved Headman as your main character. <laughs> people aren't wrong on that. Like it, it's it's a uh, it was a PS4 slash PS5 released game. I don't know if it came out on any of the. I think it came out on the Xbox. I don't know if it ever came to the PC. But it is a very, it looks like a late, late, late generation PS3 game that runs on PS4 and PS5 hardware. Um, the, the game has beautiful set pieces, but the character design leaves something to be desired, I should say. Um, I was starting to run into an issue with, uh, with, with a lot of the gameplay on the PS4 version because it starts to, when the action really starts get going, um, I was having problems with... Uh, frame rate chugging. Even if I set the game to performance over image quality, I would have plenty of issues to where I'd be in a boss fight and I'd be trying to pull off actions and my inputs would get eaten by the game and I'd get killed and I would reload back to the checkpoint right before the boss and then my my actions would execute. Like The game had registered them but not registered them in a quick enough time of my button presses because it gets very fast paced and you have to be very on the ball when you're playing this game. Um, like a like like a Nio game if if anybody's ever played one, I doubt it. I don't know anybody that has played those Nio games. But apparently, I tried so hard to play the first. I've always heard it pronounced as Neo. Uh, first Neo game. Neo. I don't know which one's right. I've always been saying Neo, so that's what I'm going to say. Um, I literally could not get past the the prison, like the very first area Oof. of the game. So I was like, okay, I've tried for like hour, hour and a half, like the length of a movie. This is not happening. I yeah, and you know, I I get it because I found myself endlessly wandering in that prison. Like, where the hell am I supposed to go? Was a lot of the issue that I had because the the level design was just really poor in that in that opening area at least. But well, I I um. I think I just wasn't very good at it. Like, I've, I've, unfortunately, you have to kind of rely on your raw skill at that point yeah. in the game because you're yeah. completely naked, and it just was not <laughs> happening. I was I was confident that once I got out of the prison, I would fare a little bit better when I have gear and stuff like that to kind of cushion my fall. But when you're just a naked man with a stick, I was like, this is not going to happen. It's it's a little tougher, and yeah, that skill that's... issue. Skill, yeah. Oh, there's, big skill issue. I am there, not ashamed to say that. There's a lot of skill issue in, in Stranger Paradise because there are times t- when I was doing the um, I was in hard mode on the, one of the last missions of the game and I think it took me three hours of continual trying oh. to beat the boss and I just could not beat that. I, I eventually got him but it was, it was more of a I had the skill but I wasn't geared for the, the quest line properly. So my I was under under geared. So I was it was basically like it turns the enemy into a bullet sponge of I can hit them. I have to hit them five times as much to to uh, get the same amount of damage uh, as it would be if I was properly geared when I first went into the mission. Like that one's more on me than anything. But um, 
You've also got some AI companions, because when you start the game, you've got two other dudes that are with you, and you, you find more characters along the way, and you can kind of switch them in and out. And uh, it's got a whole job system. The job system in this game is absolutely massive. Like, I think by the by the end of the third DLC, you have something like 36 different classes that you can play as. But it kind of, towards the end of the base game, it, it kind of turns into, yeah, there's, there's a lot of classes. There's like 25, 25. 30 classes that you can choose from, but um, there's like basic, advanced, and expert classes, and the expert level classes are just kind of combinations of the advanced and the beginner classes, so you can kind of forget that they even exist later on because you'll have classes that will combine two of the other kinds together, so you can use multiple different types of weapons in one class instead of beginner classes being, ah, you can only use swords with these guys, you can only use axe with this class, you can only use a lance with this class. By the end of the game, you've got classes that'll let you use like half of the weapon types if you want. And then even with that, this game is all about gear grinding. So when... When you're trying to gear up yourself and your party members and, and, and level up their job levels and everything, it even gets so bad as once you once you do all that and you get to the bottom of the skill trees, you enter like assigning master points to your skill uh, trees of well, I'm gonna like now I'm gonna start dumping points into just increasing my raw strength or increasing break damage done or increasing, you know, my luck or ability damage or you know my my parry uh, ability regains at you know x percent quicker when i block uh instantly uh instead of uh regaining at a normal pace it's just like when i say it gets granular it gets absolutely ridiculous at what you can do with builds in this game if you like tinkering with numbers and stats this is the kind of game for you especially if you like um square enix final fantasy games and stuff like that um and once you hit the end of the base game, uh, you unlock like a, 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 I think it's a fourth difficulty called the Chaos difficulty, which ramps the game up from like, you end the base game at level 200 in difficulty, and it goes to 300 in um, the, the hardest mode in the base game. And then when you get the first DLC, it ramps that up to 400. And then when you get the second DLC, it ramps that up to 500. So there is just so much that you can do with this game. I think the last time I looked at my clock, I'm about to hit about 200 hours in just playing this game. And um, when you when you enter the second DLC, it becomes a roguelike. So you 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 go into what's called the Rift Labyrinth, and in the Rift Labyrinth, you have you you ascend through uh, floors as you uh, gain points. And once you gain enough points and the bar fills, you ascend to the next floor and you do that by choosing a random selection of levels that you can get. That can be anything from de simply defeat a boss or go and find a gateway in this level or defeat a cactar, defeat a, a chaos monster, um, defeat several bosses at uh, in succession in this level. So there's a lot of content in this game. If you like gear grinding, it's for you. I love it. I'm not much of a gear grinding person, but there's it being a prequel to the Final Fantasy 1, which has always been my favorite Final Fantasy, it's just, it resonates with me on a whole different level. And this is a kind of game that I normally would not pick up and play. Like, I hated Dark Souls games when they first came out. I picked them up, played them too hard. But this one, I have just, I just keep coming back for more. And after I got my PS5, I installed this game on my PS5 because it came with a free PS5 version, and it plays 
so much better than the PS4 version. So I think in the last three weeks, as of this week, I've dumped another 50 hours into the game, just doing stuff, finishing the DLC, replaying missions at higher difficulties. Just, I can't get enough. Game good, buy game. <laughs> Lots of those tonight. Yeah. Well, it is the best in 2023. Well, I would hope we don't talk about some crappy games. Nope, you're right. All right, well, before we wrap it up, does anybody have any, like, honorable mentions? They have just a sentence or a paragraph they want to throw out there? Um, uh, I'll just go real quick. I didn't finish it, so I didn't feel like it would be fair to me to add it to my list, but I've been really enjoying Alan Wake 2. Uh, unfortunately, when I picked it up, um, I was sick and my brain was melting and I literally did not have the bandwidth to do any of the puzzles. So I had to put it down. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like I, That's like I, the worst. That's the worst. Well, because well, like one of the mechanics is in the Alan, in Alan section, he has he's literally carrying around a lamp and he can capture light and it changes the way the environment looks. And I and sometimes it would be very subtle. Um, like you, you wouldn't notice except for a, you know, there's a, a, a ladder over in the corner now or something. It was, it was like, oh my God, I can't do this. There was like, um, uh, there was one mechanic where you're in a tunnel and Alan can shift into like his writer's room and he can change the way the area looks by changing the scene. So like he's in a room in a, uh, underground tunnel and he, cha- he does, um, murder cult and all of a sudden it looks like a, a cult has been by or a, a murder investi- a murder scene and then all of a sudden the room looks a little different because something else has happened there and then it's like oh my god I can't do this and you can only change certain areas not the whole area so you have to go to a certain area and you have to shift it multiple times like oh god I just couldn't focus at all it was it was like this is not good for me <laughs> So I had to drop it and I haven't been able to get back to it. But I'm definitely hoping next year I can pick it back up because it looks like it gets crazy from what I saw like after where I'm at. I know that's gotten a lot of hype this year. Yeah, I think it won yeah. a couple awards, the Game Awards. They did a concert mm-hmm. there. They did the best song. <laughs> so that was good. All right. Any other uh, shout outs? Uh, I, I think a few of us have played this one, but... Um... Vampire Survivors. Yeah, I was going to bring that one up, too. <laughs> yeah, I know that me, Twinkie, and Yangus have all put a lot of time into it this year. I've put a bit of time into it, too. Not as much as you guys, but I've played a bit. Yeah, that one was kind of a su- surprise, because I, did, like, it's not a new game. It didn't come out this year, right? Like, at all. Yeah, uh, I don't know. First on mobile, like, a couple years ago. But, yeah, yeah, like, I, I picked it up at the behest of another friend who was just like, hey, dude, you got to try this game out. It's a lot of fun. So I bought it on the PC first because it was on it was on sale earlier this year for like a couple of bucks. I bought it. I uh-huh. played it a little. I played it a little bit. And then I was just like, yeah, it was, it was OK. And then the Switch version came out and, you know, it's a five dollar game. So I bought it again. And then I found I'm like 30, 40 hours later. I'm just like, why can't I just not stop playing this? It's like drip feed of uh, serotonin that it just just it's good. No, big number flashy lights. Yeah. Fun fact: the um, developer for Vampire Survivors actually designed uh, casino games, so that might uh, that uh, that would have a big part a of lot it. right there. Yep. Like he gives that dopamine drip that you need to keep going. Yeah, he was like a slot machine designer or something like that. Hmm. I heard Yangus that. Uh, is, uh, yeah, Yangus is commenting here that he wanted to throw in his two cents that he's played it for over fifty hours, but we're having some uh, Skype issues there. You want to you want to get his playtime in. I heard so you can that, tell um, he, he kind of liked that too. Uh, let me check mine because I'm curious. 
I have 85 hours on Steam. On Switch, I probably have about 40. So that's all from this year, essentially. Wow. I think I've only got like 30 to 40 hours on the Switch version. Um, but it's, it, yeah, for me, it's, I lay down to go to bed and I'll, I'll pop in a quick game and then, you know, 30 minutes have passed because I've cleared a whole <laughs> stage. Um, who's your favorite character to play as? Um, I like the, who's the one with the cross? I like the cross. That's like the 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 Richard or Richter Belmont type guy, right? He looks kind of like him. I think no, no, he's no. talking about the demon dude, whatever. His oh, name the de- is. no, the the one I'm talking about is the whip guy, obviously. Yeah, the, the uh, whip guy. I'm is 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 he one of the uh, that are unlocked as uh, soon as you uh, start the game, or I think I, I think I have that one unlocked because oh. there are a ton of unlockable characters in this game. I like the. Uh... The whip one and the holy water one. Yeah, the holy water one's good. I play as the one, uh, I think her name is Poplia or whatever, but she's got that like completely vertical attack that fills the screen. Oh, yeah. Song of Mana. Yeah, I use yeah. weapon. I'm not really so crazy about her ability. Cause that, that is another thing you gotta think. That's, that is another thing you gotta be like a little bit. Hello? Yo. Can you guys hear me? We're You're back. Hear okay, that's weird. I'm just like, you just totally would not let me unmute myself. That's so weird. Who's your favorite character in Vampire Survivors there, Yangus? Uh, yeah, so, um, well, I know he's not probably, like, the top character, but I love playing as old man Poe. Oh, he's, he's pretty great. Just because he's got the constant garlic e- effect going on. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> I very am, helpful. But uh, I am the polar opposite. I hate Poe with the burning passion. Oh, he's he, my least favorite character. Is it because he moves so slow? Yeah, and... Um, um, I'm not sure if you guys tried the adventure mode that came out. Was it last week? Um, he has like his own adventure mode and it adventure mode is, is pretty fun, but Poe's adventure mode is very difficult to start with. It was infuriating trying to get through it. I don't even know if that's on the switch version yet. Um, it should be probably coming out either this week or next week. They said a couple weeks after. So, yeah, but, um, you know, I like playing as an old man Poe. Uh, there's another character who I really like playing as just because of how silly it gets when you get like the all the like the knife upgrades. I forget what his name is. He's one of the unlockable characters. I just call him the Shadow Man because he's just like entirely pitch black and he has the super slow the super slow moving daggers. But it's just so funny because anything tries to get close to you and they just get like cut to death by a million little uh, knives flying out of you. Uh, Rabio, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, sure, that's the yeah. name. <laughs> <laughs> With all the names are just kind of like, uh, okay. Yeah. But I like playing as uh, those two guys, and I also am a big fan of playing as, uh, just from having played it for like 50 plus hours, I like playing as the question mark character, which is literally just you playing as a, a question mark with a little happy face on it. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I definitely have not unlocked that one. Oh, it's funny. It, it's it's good for a laugh because it's just so silly, but in just the right way too. <laughs> I I have one. I have this one is this is the only one that I have that's still locked, but it costs like a hundred and fifty thousand gold to unlock him, and the the descriptor text is just is just garbled text. Oh, um, I have no idea. But might be missing. No, maybe. 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 Um, let me ask you: Did you ever go back to one of the levels where you had saved somebody from a uh, a coffin, and then yeah. try to go back to that coffin? Yeah. Okay. 
that that was how I remember unlocking the the question mark guy was oh, that I okay. I saved everybody from the coffins and then I happened to go back to a level um, where a coffin was and went back to it, opened it up, and that's when he popped out and was like, "Hey, oh. thanks for saving me." Well, I definitely haven't done that. Okay. You might have to do that. Then. Yeah, I'll probably get yeah. it for you. There's okay. some pretty cool characters to unlock as you make progress in the game. Yeah, it's really a, fun a if you can. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, it's the same. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Those. It's it's really difficult to do, but if you can manage to survive past the 30 minute mark and defeat the the red reaper, you unlock a playable version of that character. Oh, it's so much fun. I didn't know you could beat him. Like I've gotten like five seconds past, but I've never. I didn't know you could beat the Reaper. It's it's really tough. It's really <laughs> difficult. When you said the Clockwork Lancet was terrible like a month ago or so, I didn't make any comment on it because, you know, if you know it's evolution. Huh. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. All right, right. But yeah. Yeah, double, yeah, yeah. Our, uh, Vampire Survivors, it's, it's a lot of fun. I... It's way more fun than I was expecting. When I first saw it, it, I'm like, okay, well, whatever. But the more I watched it and just kind of was, then I finally got a chance to play it. I was like, oh my God, this game is really like surprisingly addictive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. I love it. And it's cool too that the, well, for one, the price point's really nice for it, but it's also cool that you unlock so much stuff uh, just by like, trying out different things or like if you are you think to yourself oh i should try doing uh such and such in a level or you know try and go for this or go and go go collect items of this type the game will usually then have a reward for you once you beat the level where it's like hey you unlock this thing or you unlock this new character or you unlock this brand new special version of a stage so i i appreciate that that they have like that nice little sense of reward where it's like hey you know if you kind of think outside the box and try such and such then hey here you go you get a little prize for it yeah but yeah it's game good play game very very good that also includes the dlc too yeah, dlc is a lot of fun too i've messed around with that but i haven't played the game for a while but i messed around with that and it's a lot of fun uh trying out the uh playing on the map of the the, the one D- i forget what it's called it's like the the japanese inspired uh dlc where it's like it has like the big snowy mountain and there's like the orcs and everything oh yeah ogres. Moonspell, i think it is oh yeah yeah like that. yeah, yeah moon spell that, that yeah. was a lot of fun but yeah to quote everybody else from this episode, game good. I like game. Go play game. <laughs> All right. So, Blue, did you have anything else you wanted to throw in there? Just for a couple quick well, ones. Like I said, I played I played a lot of games this year. So I played Persona 3, 4, and 5. I had played 5 previously, but I was cleaning up some trophies on the vanilla version of it. Um, and I played a lot of Tales games and cleaned up some trophies on those. And my brother and I have been going through all of the Ace Attorney games. And now we've started on the Danganronpa series. So we've been, oh my. Hey. We've been on a visual novel kick right now. If, uh, if you get Final Fantasy Explorers for the uh, 3DS, I'll play that with you. <laughs> it's oh, Monster man. Hunter Final Fantasy. Monster Hunter Final Fantasy. Can you even hey. play that anymore? Yeah, yeah until it's, March. It, until about March. Oh, that's April. right. That's right. Duh, yeah, that's why I played Terry's Wonderland. Duh. Speaking of Wonderland games, we'll have one next time. <laughs> Can't believe nobody talked about Wonder World. I thought for sure Eel was going to talk about that. <laughs> Wonder <laughs> World. Yep, good old Wonder World. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean those okay. are. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, sorry. Blue, you go. Blue, you t- you go. The, 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 those were the kind of the big things that I did this year, and I mean those are big things and a lot of things, but this kind of, kind of sums it up. Am I good to go now? Yes, you're yeah. good. 
I was going to say, soon Blue will be uh, talking about her favorite roots in all of her visual novels and, oh, romance this guy, romance that guy, you know? <laughs> She's going to play all those Steinsgate uh, oh, yeah. visual novels. So you play My mother out? has brought those up, so... <laughs> hey, you know, if you if you play Steinsgate, you can play uh, Bravely Default because the guy who wrote Bla- the first Bravely Default game wrote the... I believe he wrote most of the Steinsgate games. Really? What if what if I told you I've already played Bravely Default? Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there was uh, that was a uh, killer comment there. Yep. Uh, hey, yep. <laughs> I don't have a follow-up for it. Just like, oh, that he's that done All right. You played it. All right. He, okay. That that was an that was an actually moment there by Blue. So, uh, <laughs> And on that note, probably we should end this um that's it for this year-end episode of Slime Time Sidequest. Thanks to Evan, Blue Star, Brewery, and Twinkie, and Jay for joining us tonight to talk about your personal best of the best this year. Ooh. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Yangus and I will speak, and uh, I think we're going to have the tactfully die pair of Pendy and Paul on here. Um, perhaps some Matt Craft, too. And uh, Austin was going to be with us tonight, but... Um, the family fell ill, so maybe he'll be able to join us right before the new year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully he'll be able to hop on. Poor guy. His little his little guy was not feeling too well. No, now he isn't either. Well, oh, I so, must have missed that one. I didn't, I didn't see that. Oh, no. Oh, so, man. Thank you, everyone. Well, yeah, thanks for being on tonight, everybody. No problem, Bob. Yep, yep, yep. Glad to be here. Talk about video games. Final video Fantasy games. video games, to be specific. <laughs> Man, that's like all I play anymore. That's video all right. Games. All you I know play what? You, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> you, what like, that's all that matters because you then, like it and enjoy it. Then, then vidya, vidya, video juegos. <laughs> All right, as I like to remind people often, we don't crowdsource or dynamically insert ads into our podcast. Um, you don't give two shits about that. We're all grown-ass adults here that like to talk about video games and other topics we enjoy. We don't need a dime of your money to do so. But if you got some money you'd like to contribute to DQ Fandom, feel free to head over to the Dragon's Den and donate some money to Wootus, who's paid to keep those lights on for decades. Or you can use one of his affiliate links to buy Infinity Strash, Dragon Quest Monsters 3, or quite literally anything else on Amazon and he'll get a f- small fraction of that purchase. So, bye everyone. Side quest complete. See you for part two in a few weeks. Bye.